Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Well, a good, 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 good morning, everybody. Happy, happy Fox Football Saturday and Baseball Saturday. It's also... Uh, October ball in full uh, flight. And that's two majestic home runs in flight. Yesterday at Citizens Bank Park. And last night, an incredible pitcher's duel in San Diego. We'll get to all that stuff, including an amazing college football slate and an epic showdown in the AFC West. All kinds of stuff for the fellas. I'm Anthony Gargano. We got our boys, Figgy and Psycho Chris, getting this all set for an amazing weekend of sports broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, overall 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And uh, forgive me as uh, I start the program with baseball instead of football because, well, I'm in the middle of a red October uh, where I'm at in Philadelphia as the Phillies. First time in 11 years. They were on the road for three weeks. They came home yesterday, the fighting Phillies against the world champion Atlanta Braves. The defending champs came in. They uh, decided to start uh, Spencer Strider yesterday, their prize rookie. They just uh, up to a big, huge contract. They just inked him there. And they decided it as in the last switch on Thursday, decided to go Strider over Morton for yesterday's game three. Strider was hitting 99 consistently yesterday. 
and he looked great early. Put the Phillies down in order in the first. Boom, boom, boom. He came out. Uh, it struck out another guy, right, like to start the second. And uh, he looked so good over the first couple innings. And then the fighting Phillies, led by the by their young rookie short uh, shortstop, Bryson Stott, had a great at-bat. There was uh, a runner on third uh, after uh, Marsh. Was, it was a great, great scene yesterday. So this is Bank Park. So Marsh gets on, and he steals second. There's an error on Strider. Actually, there's an error on Strider, a two-base error. He's on third. There's one out, and this is what changed the game because Stott had a ridiculous at-bat, and he kept fouling off that 99-mile-an-hour fastball. You know, Strider's got an amazing heater, and he just kept pounding him and pounding him and pounding him, and Stott would not, really would not succumb to it Fallon pitch after pitch. Finally, Strider, who's, who you know was on a pitch count yesterday, decides to opt for a breaking ball. And because his bat is sped up, he ropes the doubled into the corner, and then the floodgates opened. Reese Hoskins uh, cr- it crushed a ball, uh, a three-run home run to make it 4 nothing. It was an amazing shot. He had been slumping. He had uh, a a terrible, terrible postseason. He and uh, Kyle Schwarber were combined one for 33 over the first four games of the playoffs. And uh, he crushes a ball into the upper deck, slams down the bat in exuberation. And uh, and then two batters later, Harper bombs. After Strider gets chased, Bryce Harper, who has just been incredible, he bombs his shot. And it's six nothing Phillies. That's all they needed. They go on to beat the Braves nine to one, and take a two to one lead in their best of five series uh, against the defending champs. They can. It's amazing, right? Because these are these wild card teams <clears throat> that, that have been that come out of nowhere. This is the the beauty of playoff baseball because the wild card team, the team that's hot, the team that plays the Phillies. Started with uh, on the road in St. Louis, won two games. They advance, and uh, it looks like now they're on the brink of of sending the Braves home. And then, meanwhile, in the other National League series, which was incredible, the Dodgers just get an incredible performance from Blake Snell. Snell was unbelievable yesterday. Six and third, six strikeouts. Completely only allowed a run on five hits. Completely shut down that vaunted Dodger lineup. And uh, man, Grisham continues to be hot. He hit a home run, and uh, they make it. It's it's a two one lead. They win two one in an incredible, incredible game. Great pitchers, though. It's a shame Dodgers. And uh, I know my boy, my boy, uh, my boys are upset, especially my man Fig. But Gonsolin and uh, Heaney and Alamante and a, a bullpen game for the Dodgers, and they uh, they 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 all pitched great. They just couldn't get the bats going against the Pods and Snell, and uh, the bullpen comes in and Hader gets another save, and now the Padres have the Dodgers on the brink of elimination. Wild stuff. Cleveland wins yesterday. Cleveland. And the Guardians take take care of the Yankees. That series is tied. Here's where we stand. 
The uh, Braves and Phillies. Phillies can end it today, 2.07 this afternoon, Eastern time. The Astros, thanks to Jordi Alvarez, who's been incredible this playoffs. They lead 2-0. They can end that today at 4 o'clock. Then you have uh, Cleveland and the Yankees, and uh, that series is tied at one apiece. And then Dodgers and Padres. Joe Musgrove can end the Dodgers in this incredible all-star team. And if you go way, way back, it's amazing, this story. We all love the Dodgers, right? The Dodgers, that lineup, an all-star lineup, incredible team put together. And the Padres... Started the season, darlings. Oh, the and then they all, and then during the deadline, it only gets better. And then, of course, Tatis tests positive, and everybody falls out of love with the Padres. But here, the Padres are in a great spot to go on and end the series. Musgrove against Anderson is incredible. And we'll see if the Dodger lineup, which is an incredible lineup, if they could save them to send them to a game five. It's incredible theater in postseason baseball. We'll get to all the football coming up because we got a ton of it. And uh, this is my favorite time of the year. It's October. It's the confluence of every sport. Hockey just started. We got hoop start next week. I mean, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like This is what we live for. So forgive my exuberance and my giddiness as it is uh, 5 a.m. in the East, and I'm uh, I'm kind of giddy. Good morning, Figgy. Morning, cuz. What's going on? Oh, man, dude. It was amazing yesterday. I was at that ballpark, and it was wild, man. There's plenty of rally towels rolling, oh, and it fanatics was fanatics going up, going insane. Oh, oh my god! Dude. First time since eleven years since I had a playoff game. That's wild, so, by the way. I, I, I mean, it's it's it that you know the Phillies in Seattle, the two longest streaks in in baseball without a playoff, and it was awesome. Fig like it was. The one thing that my hometown does really well is they celebrate sports, and the place was just roaring. Like, on every pitch, it was. And it, and then when they get to Strider, Strider, who is incredible, he melted down. He yeah, became a puddle. He was their big rookie sensation who they gave a big extension to earlier this week. And, uh, look, still going to be a great player. I know he was dealing with some injuries down the yeah. stretch of the season, but to your point. Had it pitched since September 18th. Yeah, but to your point, to, to rough him up the way that they did was was certainly surprising. And I wasn't surprised that they went with him over Morton because he has the stuff that postseason is made of, explosiveness, being able to strike guys out. He's the kind of pitcher that you want in this situation. It just didn't happen for him. And to your point, there's something to keeping momentum going and having these teams you know, like the Phillies, like the Padres, who were able to play in the wild card round to keep the momentum going and build on that to face teams that hadn't played in a week or so. It's always the rest versus rust you know, situation when it comes to these sort of conversations. I do think, especially in baseball, when rhythm and timing is everything, I do think there's a bit of a rust factor when you talk about teams that have upwards of you know four to six days off in between series. And now having to ramp yourself back up from the end of the regular season in games that potentially mean nothing for teams like the Dodgers and Braves specifically. Well, not the Braves were in it to the end with the Mets. But a team like the Dodgers specifically, and now have to ramp up to where these at-bats mean literally everything in a five-game series. I think that's something that can't be discounted. Yeah, I'm with you. You know what they really need to do is they need to turn that the division series into the best of seven. Yes. Which really would help the, the favorites right. and give them a chance because, you know, by the time you get cooking again – 
Like you look at both the Dodgers and the Braves. You look up today, yeah. And you know, oh, because all needs to happen is that you split at home, or the or the underdog splits on the road, and all all of a sudden you're in trouble, right? Game three happens. Whoever wins game three is usually the winner, right? And it's it's dicey for you know to have the Braves and Dodgers go out in the same day, which is possible today. Oh, baseball's dreading that. Like, it's, right? It's one of those like we love upsets until we don't. It's like everybody yeah, loves seeing like, tournament. like yeah, like yeah. the NCAA tournament. It's like we all love when George Mason and you know teams like that win, but nobody wants to see George Mason face Tulane in the Final Four. Exactly, you, know, you want to see yes, him make it yes. to the Sweet Sixteen or the Elite yes. Eight, and then it's like, all right, let's get the big boys in here. Yeah, I'm not. This is not to denigrate Philadelphia; they're great and it's no, a big market and all that. But as far as expectation level going into the postseason. Most people that dialed in, all right, this is going to be Atlanta and L.A. This is going to be New York and Houston. And so far, the Astros are the only people, uh, the only team holding up their end of the bargain at the moment. Yeah, I, I, you're you're 100% right. And it's funny because it was actually dicey for them. And, you know, remember game one yeah, where, right. where they're on the brink of losing and then they come back and have incredible bottom of the ninth and Jordi Alvarez is out of his mind and, he basically he's he's basically up 2-0 in the series. Yeah, essentially, he carried him by himself. It's been an incredible playoffs just to this point for Seattle to get to this point and that huge comeback victory they had last weekend to beat Toronto was amazing and then to turn around a couple of days later and have the exact same thing happen to them with Houston. It's it's been a lot. It's been a lot of great pitching. It's been great offense. It's been great comebacks. Pretty much everything that you could want uh, from a baseball postseason so far. So hopefully we uh, we keep it up. There really hasn't been a lot of blowouts, a lot of ugly games outside of you know your fills last night. But other than that, for the most part, most of these games have been fairly competitive all the way through. Yeah, you know it, it's so it's so funny because the it's been great theater. Even yesterday, you know, the, or in game uh, one, the one the Phillies. Win seven to six. They were up seven to one. Yes, right. At one point, and it, it, it was what I mean. The, the thing about October baseball thing, it, it's such the th- it's such great theater because it's pitch by pitch. It's amazing how that sport that could be so sleepy and boring uh, during the summer turns into it, in, 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 on the stage in October becomes so great. It really does. So the Phillies are up seven to one. Darno hits a two-run double. They're starting to threaten. They get out of it at seven three, and then it's the ninth inning. Olsen hits a three-run bomb to make it seven to six, and then there's a sinking line drive. And Nick Castellanos, who moves like a pylon, makes a <laughs> diving catch. And if he doesn't get there, like he didn't get there last night, it, the tying runs on third base with one out. I mean. Right. I mean, it's it's such a game of inches, and it's so amazing. And you know what's crazy, Fig, is that they spent all summer long, right? And it's hot, and it's boring. And I, I listen, I love it, but I, you know, for the average person, it's boring. And then the next thing you know, you get to October, and they want to rush through it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I mean, look, look at this whole compact division series in a week. Yeah, like I- you're playing. You know, if if there's game five tomorrow. The game fives are on Sunday. They're on the road. There's no travel day. It's unbelievable. The NBA is the smartest league by far. They drag the way they do it. Oh yeah, they make you wait, which is fine. Which is what you should do. Exactly. You don't want to rush through the best part of your sport. No, not in the least bit. So like, have a little bit of drama. Let let it allow it to build a little. bit. Breathe. Yes. Yes. 
So I and, and I'm with you by the way on on lengthening the division series to to seven game best of seven as opposed to best of five. It's just especially in a sport like hockey or excuse me hockey too, but a sport like baseball where it a lot of things can be just dedicated to just whether or not a team is hot at the right time. And I think if you play best of seven as opposed to best of five, you can mitigate a little bit of that. And there's a little little bit of a wider margin of error for the for the higher seed in a situation like that. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, how you doing with the Dodgers? Like, how are you feeling? You, you tough one today with Musgrove versus Anderson, but you know that Dodger lineup—if you could—if they can hit, we can get you can get a game five. Yeah, look pretty feeble, especially the middle of the order. The guys that they, or I should say, the top of the, the top into the middle. You know, your two MVPs, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, and then wedged in between them was a guy that won the batting title last year in Trey Turner. And those guys can't do a thing. <laughs> like Mookie yeah. Betts hit a sack fly. That's been his contribution offensively uh, so far these first three games. Freddie Freeman was good in game one. And then outside of that, there really hasn't been much else. Guys left on base, 0 for 19 with runners in scoring position. You know, for all the talk of how dominant the Dodgers' bullpen is, and they are and have been the, yeah. in the regular season yeah. and still and have been in the playoffs to this point too. Trying and giving up the home run in game two is really the only blemish that they've had. And I guess Heaney last night with the, with the home run. Uh, but the Padres bullpen has been lights out. What is it, sixteen and a third or sixteen and two thirds innings of shutout ball? These la- these uh, th- this entire series so far. That's really been the name of the series. The Dodgers pitching, which was a question mark for a lot of people because they've had some injuries and you know their Gonsolin was on a short lease being backed up by Heaney. Starting pitching's been fine. Kershaw wasn't dominant, but he wasn't terrible. He gave up three right. runs. It's right. fine. You would say he was good enough to win a playoff game. He gave up three runs in six innings or whatever it was. Yeah, quality start. Yeah. Their yeah. offense has just been dead. And to your point, historically one of the best offenses in the history of the sport, and they just hit a buzzsaw so far in San Diego. You know, Freddie Freeman was questioned about it after the game. He was like, his answer was the same. He said, I'm going to tell you the same thing after every question. We just have to hit. Like we're, yeah. we're doing everything else right. We just got to be able to put the bat on the ball and get it to go where they aren't. And we're not doing it yet. It's amazing because it always comes down to it. It's incredible. You got to hit. And yesterday, like, you know, the Padres get Grisham again, right? Yeah. Get, get another big hit. Yep. He gets the home run. You know, the Phillies had two big bombs, right? Yep. Hoskins, a three-run homer. Harper, a two-run homer. And, and that's really the ball game. I mean, it, it, it's uncanny. Like, you're right. You, you just got to hit. It does go down. Freddie's right on. And one thing I do love, especially around postseason time, the the unnamed guys or the the bottom of the order guys yeah. you don't are the ones who end up making the biggest impacts. This happens. I don't know if I can say more often than not, but anecdotally, it sure seems like it is. Go guys like Cody Ross against yeah, the Giants, right? And, you know, Grisham was batting yeah. one ninety this year or whatever, whatever yeah. it is, and, and all of a sudden the playoffs roll around and nobody can get him out. Remember yeah. Rosario last year for Atlanta? Yes. How big he was! Yeah, after Rosario doing, was huge. After yeah. doing nothing for the most part before he got traded there. Yeah, it's guys like that that end up making the biggest difference. So for every big bopper that you have in the lineup and all of that, and they obviously make a big difference. Your your glue guys, your bench guys, are just as important as your superstars when it comes to to situations like this. They just couldn't stop turning it over. You have four turnovers. You missed two uh, two field goals in the yeah. fourth quarter. I mean, they really should have run away with that one from Texas A&M. I know one thing I'll say is, you know, Alabama's defense is good this year. I don't know how dominant that it necessarily is. I mean, they gave up some pretty big chunk plays to a pretty anemic Texas A&M offense last week. And Tennessee is just. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Been running roughshod over everybody. You talked about what they did to LSU last week. Hinton Hooker is clearly you know, one of the favorites for the Heisman, and this is probably the biggest game of the season for him, too. If he can show out and put up a big performance against Alabama like we've seen before, We've seen Joe Burrow do it. We've seen Cam Newton do it. We've seen Johnny uh, Johnny Football do it in the past. I think he can have that sort of game against Alabama. You know, the, I guess the real question is who's starting under center or behind center for, for Alabama. That's the big difference. Because, it's everything, right? I yeah, mean, it's everything. Because if Bryce Young is in there, then everything changes. I believe as of now, and I haven't looked uh, the last uh, couple of hours, but Alabama was, what, a touchdown favorite? Yes. Um, which if I knew that Bryce Young was 100% going to play – it will make sense. If it's kind of up in the air at this point, and I think it's at this point in time like 70% chance that he does play. Uh, That's what but, it feels like. It feels like every, every report coming out of there is that he's playing. Yeah, but not a full week of practice and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a shoulder injury for a quarterback is never a good thing. Right. Uh, but if he wasn't playing, there's no way in hell that Tennessee wouldn't be favored in this game, at least for me. I, I, mean, agree. I, I I'm hard-pressed to see it as a seven-point spread even with Bryce Young in there, I think it's probably – I still think what I'd favor Alabama. I think they've kind of earned that, and Nick has earned that. But I'd probably give them three and a half to four, not seven. I think you're right, and right now it's eight and a half. Ooh, eight and a half. So we're, we're pushing double half. digits? Yeah. Ooh, okay. Eight and a half, and, I, and it has to mean that Bryce Young's playing because yeah, right. you're not letting eight and a half. So, it, you know, I, I, listen, everything that we read, everything, I've been following Twitter all morning, and, you know, everything points to him playing. Yeah. And, the, and eight and a half, I think, is way too fat, man. I just think that's way too I much. I agree. Even with Bryce in there, I exactly. think that's a lot based on how Tennessee's been playing this year. You know, I, th- I think Tennessee's legit. I, for some reason, there's people who don't think that Tennessee's legit, and I and I disagree, brother. Right? Probably because they haven't been there for a while, so they kind of want. Well, you know, show it to me, prove it. You know, right. the who have they beaten? I mean, look, they went, they defeated Florida, and I think the the final score is not indicative as to how badly they really dominated. There was an exactly. onside kick and some funky stuff going yeah. on the last two minutes of that it game. Maybe close, yeah. Yeah, and they handled LSU pretty handily. You know. At, in Baton Rouge at it's Death Valley. It's the pit game. I'm telling you, it's the pit game. Because that game went to overtime, Pitt's, but Pitt's decent. They're decent. Man. It's yeah. early in the season. You know, right. we talk about all the time. The team that plays in September is, is rarely the same team that's playing in November. We are, we're mid-October at this point in time, and Tennessee has kind of shown everything that I need to see to say that they're a legit contender in the SEC. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Psycho Chris, what do you say there, buddy boy? Good morning. That's what I say. Uh, yeah, I, I, I've been scouring the internet. I have not seen Nick Saban pounding a table or, you know, accidentally knocking over his bottle of Coca-Cola. So I'm not 
too scared of Alabama. Usually that's the tell when Saban is that frustrated, but I did see reports Bryce Young is on track to play. So I don't know. It's Being in Tennessee, I agree with what you guys are saying. This is probably the biggest game they've had in a long, long time up there in Knoxville. So, But, yeah, I mean, Tennessee's been battle-tested so far, and Alabama really hasn't had too many struggles or travails yet. So I, I, I guess I totally get why people are going with Alabama. It's the, it's the uh, you know, it's, it's what you know. It's who you know all along. But I feel like Tennessee is just more battle-tested at this point. It'll be interesting to see. I hear so many people say, I just can't. It's so hard for me to pick against Nick Saban. I was like, well, don't let your eyes, you know, lie to you. You know, they're, you see what you see. This, exactly. is a, this is not the same Alabama team that we're used to seeing. It doesn't mean they're bad. It right. doesn't mean they can't win. But this is not a team that's just running roughshod over everybody. We saw the struggles against Texas. We mentioned last week against A&M. So there's just a, maybe a little bit more human than, they, than they're used to. And this is a Tennessee team that's much better than we're used to seeing over these last, really, couple of decades, I guess. Yeah, and I'm not even sure how much Bryce Young playing would even probably help Alabama versus – Whoever the next guy up is, and I know. Well, he's a better, say, pa- he's better passer he's, he's than Miro for better sure. Passer, he's definitely a better passer. But dare I say it, their offense has shown that you can just plug in different quarterbacks quite readily, and you know, definitely not the same as a guy who's won the Heisman. But I think Alabama's who they are right now. They'll probably grow as the season goes, but just a matter of whether Tennessee can catch them in any kind of trip up. And I just, I, I I've been going back and forth on this because yeah, I've seen the that they're above a touchdown favorite now, and I'm just. I, I don't know I can do it. I don't know if I can, you know, jump off Alabama. I know it's a different Alabama, but this is an Alabama who's beat down Tennessee for years and years and years. It's uh, It would be something if Alabama suddenly is on the flip side of that. Again, yeah. I keep looking for the tell. I keep looking for the tell where Nick Saban realizes he's in over his head with this game, and I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I, 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 I man, I, I think that place. First of all, do you tr- look at that team. Is that Bama team? First of all, well, you can all agree that it's it's not last year that they they lack something, mm-hmm. right? Whatever that it is, yeah, there's yeah. something missing, right? Like they have individual players who are still great. Like Will Will, Will Anderson is great. still the greatest defensive player in this country, yeah, but they don't have the offensive explosiveness, right? Well, that's the thing is like they've got individual pieces where I can look at it and say, okay, Bryce Young still great, Will Anderson still great. But does that make you a great team? No, that just means you're a team with good pieces. That doesn't mean you have the multitude to make yourself a great team. And I think that's the difference of this year's Bama versus years past Bama, where you had those pieces, but also the rest of the team could stack up just as well. I don't know if that's true of 2022 Bama. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess I I look at it just a little simpler in the sense of I just can't. Is Bama the team that can run you off the field? And I just don't see that. Yeah, a quality opponent, opponent, not Louisiana Monroe. Exactly. Like, are they, like, you get on the field and go, oh my God, I can't, there's no way I could beat this team. Sure, but we've also, we've also seen like Alabama through September, early October in years past to struggle to put things together and then by, you yeah, know, they November, look they, they look yeah. great. But I just yeah. don't know. I don't know if that team is coming together at this moment against Tennessee. That's the big question in my head. Yeah, you just yeah. don't see the flashes from the skill positions. Like, you don't see a lot of, you know, 
you know, uh, Devontae Smiths or Henry Ruggs or, or, you know, those sort of players offensively. They have the running back uh, transfer from Georgia Tech, whose name slips my mind, who's had a pretty good couple of weeks, but their running game hasn't been as dominant as usual. They're kind of, to your point, Anthony, just kind of slogging their way through to a certain degree. And maybe they're just in a figuring out process and they will explode. I just, it's hard, I'm hard pressed to see that happening, at least right now, against a quality opponent on the road who's gunning for them. You know, right. and has been gunning for them for the better part of you know whenever Nick Saban first started there in 2009, and they've owned them in this series. You know, I, I feel that that eight and a half point spread is is pretty ridiculous to me at this point. Yeah, I, I'm with you, man. I think the same thing. I go, are you guys crazy? That's a lot of points, a lot of points, and then and then uh, it's it's got like wonderful theater written all over, right? Like this whole thing. Is going to be incredible today. It's an old rivalry. It's the third. Is the third, third Saturday in third October. Saturday in October? They call it right. Yeah. Like it's, but it's just yeah. it hasn't been a rivalry from the side of Tennessee for a minute. But this was before. You know, we talk well about the Iron Bowl. We talk well about the LSU Alabama rivalry. People have forgotten mm-hmm. yeah. how big Tennessee Alabama has been for the many many years that these two teams have played together. Tennessee is. Top to bottom at that university, they're licking their chops. They want revenge after all these years about being de- beaten down. I'm with you. I mean, it's got all that great theater. And then in the Big 12, you don't want to lose. There's another great game. Oh, yeah. Oklahoma State and TCU mm. is going to be a great one, man. You got some offense going there, huh? Probably two of the best quarterbacks in the country going at it right there so far this year. It's true. I mean, when you look at it, Oak State 5-0, and TCU five and zero. It's got you know Sanders and Dugan, Dugan and man, oh man, it's going to be great, man. It, it's amazing. Their numbers are almost identical. <laughs> they really are. It's kind of the right? big, new look of the Big Twelve is these two teams. You know, yeah, yeah no Oklahoma, thought? new te- yeah. no Texas. Well, we got Texas and Oklahoma at home. They're called Oklahoma State and TCU. You're right. That's a great point, brother. That's a great point. And Oklahoma State's been quietly amazing the last few years. You know, they can't, they lost to Baylor in the Big Twelve championship game in yeah. like in a you know the the last second. That would have changed a lot. And I know Chris talked about Oklahoma State. I don't know yeah, if it was we talked last about week it or like two weeks ago. A couple ago. weeks ago, like they returned a lot of upperclassmen. Yeah, yeah. especially I, on that defense, a team that a lot of people were sleeping on coming into the year. Uh, and really didn't pay much attention to them the first month because they played a couple of cupcakes. But you know, look out. You know, be doing something serious here. That's right. Amen. Uh, all right. Well, uh, do me a favor, Fig. And by the way, I, I was going to tell you, those Cowboys of Oklahoma State yes. are more real than the ones in Dallas. Oh, uh, here we go. The trash oh, shock is starting already. Yeah, How many hours baby. away from Sunday Night Football? Uh, all right. Uh, 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 I'll see my you. boy was at Citizens <laughs> Bank Park yesterday. Who's that? Dick Sirianni. Okay. All right. Take a little break. Yeah, they break. kept cutting to him on the Fox broadcast. Yes. Philly's, Philly's gear and all. Yeah, we, we uh, no, because he's the, he, the best. Is he walks around with Sixers gear and Philly's gear. Like, he's the, he's the, I love that dude. Nice. He's the, yeah, he's, he's, he's a great sportsman. Uh, I think, do me a favor, hit us with some trending, babe. All right, well, you're talking Phillies. We got some upsets brewing uh, in Major League Baseball, particularly in the National League. We'll start. On the West Coast on Friday night, Blake Snell allowing just one run in five and a third innings. Trent Grisham, a home run, leading the Padres to a 2-1 to victory over the Dodgers, giving them a 2-1 to series lead. 
As I mentioned a little bit earlier, L.A. 0 for 19 with runners in scoring position, now finding themselves one loss away from elimination. Things not going so well for Atlanta Braves either. They were trounced by the Phillies 9-1 to behind home runs from Reese Hoskins, Hoskins excuse me, and Bryce Harper. Philly leading that series with a chance to close it out on uh, later tonight as well. Cleveland outlasted the Yankees 4-2 in 10 innings. Oscar Gonzalez, the go-ahead single in the 10th inning. That series now tied at a game apiece. Talking college football, we mentioned Alabama uh, coach Nick Saban talking about Bryce Young, saying he's on track to play against Tennessee today, but the final decision will be made during pregame warm-ups. On the field Friday night, you had SMU defeating Navy and UTSA dominating Florida International 30-10. Back to the fellas. All right, that's us. We are the fellas. What a what a day, man. This is an amazing weekend. We haven't even touched yet what's going to happen tomorrow in Kansas City, which is going to be a damn monster movie. Chiefs and Bills, at some point we will get to that. We got a lot to do as we hang out here on an incredible fall weekend. Come to your... That's right. It's just going to be incredible, man. Incredible. As we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios, we'll come back in just a moment and just all morning get you geeked out with sports on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. The TireRack.com studios. You know, it's funny. It's uh, I have uh, all my notes, and then I write kind of where we're headed each segment. And Sometimes I have a tough time choosing between which path to go down during October. Too many choices, it, yeah. It, it, it's the greatest Overload. month. It is. It's the greatest month. And you know how it feels. Like, we spent all year and especially on this show how we always talk about football 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 and we're sportsmen right like we love everything about it so it's playoff baseball which has been like incredible theater we get to start the nba which we can't wait and hockey just started you know chris you brought up you know the the playoffs in the uh in soccer major league soccer yeah just right lurking there right in the background you know you, you got and then College football is at its best in October. Yeah, everyone's playing N- conference games for once. Right. They're not playing Little Sisters of the Poor. And then the NFL, you know, you finally kind of get through that preseason, extended preseason that goes into the regular season. Teams start to kind of take shape. And, like, so you got two gr- incredible games tomorrow. I mean, the Chiefs and Bills. Like, first of all, we, we know that Buffalo right now is the class of the entire league. It, it, when you look at this league, which has some really dregs at the bottom. It's a lot of mediocre right now, to be honest. Right. A whole lot of people stuck in the middle. And and the ones at the bottom are just, They're just dreadful. Yeah. Right? God. That Thursday night game. Oh. You let me right into it. I mean, <laughs> I mean come on. I, I, I like I had a I like I almost had to talk about it because it's so bad. That game was was trash, and I watch everything, right? Like, I usually you know, I, do too. I have to tell you this, and I, I honestly had no intention of watching that game because it played out exactly the way that I thought it would. 
I was like, this is going to be a terrible game. I guarantee this is going to be like a, this is going to be nine to six. I wasn't that far off. No. It was bad. I mean, it made that that Denver-Indianapolis game oh. look like Buffalo-Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Mm. I mean, because you saw has horrendous quarterback play. I mean, Justin Fields blows. Bust. I hate to say he I stinks. Total bust. He, oh. I, I know Amazon has goose this up best they can, but even Al Michaels sounded like he just wanted to walk off the set there. Yeah, they all oh, were making a joke off it. They, they, nobody can. By the you know, way, I, I'm, I'm used on to TNF. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy that they like will call that out on TNF. That it's not guys trying to spin this into like, hey, we got a good defensive match. There's like, no, this this game kind of sucks. Uh, it's here. always keeping it real. Yeah. You always got to keep it real. No, it's I, and that's appreciated. Yeah. Not every broadcast will do that. Yeah, I, I I hear you, but my God, and as bad as Justin Fields is, Carson, oh, Carson Wentz. Ugh. I mean, you want to talk about vomit emoji. Yeah. Oh, my God. He threw for 99 yards. How does that happen? And he's got Terry McLaurin, Samuel. Like, he's got, he's got guys to throw to. Yeah, he's yeah, got weapons the kids there. out of the backfield. Like, he, like, he's terrible. And, listen, you, watch, you look at him and you go, man, he's got a big arm. Like, I, listen, he, he tricked me. Like no, like all get out. When he was in Philadelphia, I go, oh, this dude could play, man. This dude's gonna be a stud. And he was and on his way. He was. I mean, one injury. You saw him. Yeah, one in LA. I did up close. Yeah. It was a spectacular, and it was in LA when it happened, and that changed everything. It, it's uncanny. And then you watch those two teams, and they're just horrible. They they can't protect. It it was just gross. Like, I, I don't know what the pecking order is for Thursday Night Football on Amazon, but they had to going into the season. When this came up on the schedule, they said, really? You guys can give yeah, us why? anything better than this? I mean, they're, they're, I big, they're big markets, but I, I think I at guess. this point claiming, oh, we're going after, you know, big markets, Chicago and Washington. Yeah, realize this is just a bad – you're just signing up for a bad matchup. You just got to do better. It hurts the product overall. Yeah, yeah. And you can't even call it TNF. <laughs> Because I can come up with an acronym that's oh, not yeah. good. But we can't say on the radio. Fellas right here <laughs> on Fox Sports Radio. What do you get when you combine a three-time manager of the year and a three-time national sports writer of the year? It's the Book of Joe podcast. Hey, this is Tom Verducci from Fox Sports, MLB Network, and Sports Illustrated. And I'm Joe Madden, and we're going to be around to talk a little bit about managerial decisions, playoff games, and what may have occurred in the dugout maybe in the 1980s. I can't wait for this, Joe. We're going to dive into what goes on in the dugout and behind the scenes in Major League Baseball. Cars, wine, whatever else we want to talk about. Listen to the Book Joe podcast on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. They partied into the night at Gas Lamp in San Diego. Padres getting five and a third innings of one-run ball from Blake Snell, while their bullpen continued to dominate the Dodgers lineup. All told, the Padres would defeat Los Angeles 2-1, to taking a 2-1 to series lead with a chance to close it out tonight. A win would place San Diego in the NLCS for the first time since 1998. 
Like the Dodgers, the Braves are also on the brink after rookie phenom Spencer Strider was baptized to the tune of five earned runs and just over two innings of work. Phillies with the convincing 9-1 win over the defending champs. They now lead their series two games to one with a chance to wrap things up tonight as well. Guardians defeating the Yankees 4-2, tying their series at a game apiece with Game 3 scheduled for tonight in Cleveland. In NFL news, Andy Dalton will start at quarterback for the Saints for the third straight week. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott listed as questionable, but all signs point to Cooper Rush getting the start Sunday night in Philadelphia. All right, welcome back. That is us. We're the fellas. And yeah, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Well, it's an incredible month, and we talk about the conflict of all of the sports, and of course, it's an amazing October baseball. We're going to get to some of the... There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, I kind of want to dive into all, all the series going on, all four teams, and we'll do that coming up in, in about 20 minutes. But it, we got to start, and we talked about this earlier, Tennessee, Alabama, and uh, Oklahoma, T- T- Oklahoma State, TCU, they're t- incredible games. And there's also another game tonight, which I'm really looking forward to. USC has to go to Utah. And uh, I-, I thought Utah w- was live last week, and UCLA was incredible. Utah, with that incredible defense, could not stop UCLA and Dory. I guess Chip Kelly knows what he's doing, huh? You yeah, know, a lot yeah. of talk about it. he came in and turned the roster over. People were wondering what he was doing. He, they dominated the transfer portal this offseason. The kid they got out of Duke, Bobo, was amazing. Potential, yeah. Potentially be a first-round pick uh, in the draft. <laughs> hey, that, that offense is absolutely rolling. Dorian Thompson-Robinson's another one of these guys who's been in college for 15 years Yeah, uh, and uh, dominated, to your point, a Utah defense. I mean, if it wasn't for a late pick six, that game wasn't even that close. You know, no. they, they pretty much dominated Utah the entire second half of that game on both sides. That Don't discount the UCLA defense, too, which is doing a good job of getting after the quarterback a little bit better these last couple of weeks. So everything is kind of pointing to as of now. Now, they still have to take care of business. SES Utah this weekend, and then UCLA goes to Oregon next weekend. After that, there really aren't any major hurdles left on either team's schedule until they play each other at the end of the season. And we could potentially have a USC versus UCLA matchup with a – I don't know if a potential playoff berth. We'll have to see how things shake out at that point in time, but definitely an important matchup at the end of the season. But first things first, USC this weekend is a big one because they have not performed 
extremely well offensively, at least for their standards these last couple of weeks, particularly against Oregon State uh, when they've bogged down. So I want to see how that all, how the USC offense responds after having a couple of tough weeks being able to survive because their defense is able to continue to force turnovers uh, going into a place like Utah, which is a hostile environment, and they're going to be desperate for a victory too, clinging to life in the top 25. So uh, that should be a good one. Yeah, yeah I'm, that, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by USC just because I feel like a lot of the ranking is very premature for them right now. I think they've got they've got a lot of good stuff going, especially with the offense. But their defense has gotten by with just basically getting turnovers, which is yes, not that's not sustainable. That's it's ultimately a random thing at the end of the day. There's no inherent skill. Like you, you can have good DBs to get some picks, but you're ultimately at the mercy. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Of the other team on their mistakes to get fumbles, to get interceptions, uh, by and large. And USC's gotten away with a lot of that. And, you know, I, I don't discount them too much on the Oregon State game just because I think people knew what Oregon State's defense was. But that's a preview of what can happen if they play a really good defensive team. So I'm not, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I fear you, as a USC guy, I fear Utah just because they don't seem to have. As much to play for now with two losses on their <laughs> no, record. This is their so. big. This is their Super Bowl. Yeah. It's at yeah, home. Yeah, this, this is, is this for is life. their game. This is their can, life. Yes, for the rest of the season. They can screw up another Pac-12 South contender as they always do every year. Yeah. No. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm with you in, in a monster way. All right. Let's talk about the future of the two teams that clash today: the unbeaten's in the SEC, which is going to be an incredible game. Tennessee. And Alabama, we've been talking about this game a lot because it's the return of the Vols to center stage in college football. Tennessee needs to be in the forefront of this sport, and Tennessee is back. And it's all about today, man. I mean, listen, they got a, a murderer's row coming up. They After UT Martin next week, they got to play Kentucky, and then they got to go to Athens and play Georgia. So, you know. Listen, it, it, it's the next, you know, the, these three out of four games are an incredible juggernaut, but it all begins with Alabama. And if they're ever, if they're ever going to come up, like today's got the perfect recipe for Tennessee to win, right? It's at home, all the pomp and circumstance. Bryce Young is coming off the injury, right? Like he's da- he's back. Clearly, he's banged up. He's I think he's going to play. All signs point to him playing, but he's not a hundred percent. And this Bama team is not the vaunted. Now they're good. Like don't you know? We talked about it earlier. Chris brought up Will Anderson. There's nobody. There's no better 
edge rusher than Will Anderson, and their defense is, is nasty, right? They still are. They still got that nasty streak in them, and you know. But if you're ever going to beat them, it's today, don't you think, Fig? Yeah. This is the time to do it. You have everything going in your favor. You have one of the hottest quarterbacks in college football, a Heisman candidate. You ran the ball down LSU's throat last week, even yeah. after being known as a passing team. You showed that you can run the ball, too, and win in a hostile environment. You're playing host. Again, you're at home. And like as you mentioned, Anthony, one of the great home field advantages or at least one of the great atmospheres in all of sports, college or pro at Neyland, everything you know is in your favor. And by the way, I think the pressure to a certain degree is off of Tennessee – because this is a cross-divisional matchup. Like, they could lose to Alabama. Even if they lost close, it would probably would even help them, you know, yes. in their in their you know search or their, their fight for a potential playoff berth. The big one for them is Georgia in a couple of weeks because they're in the same division. But honestly, a loss to Alabama wouldn't really mean a whole lot other than the fact that, hey, we beat a quality opponent, we're on the way back up. But they can play loose and free. You know, pressure-free. It's easier for me to say that sitting on the radio, but I'm just speaking as to what this current situation that they're in and really pull out all the stops to see what they can do to try to get themselves a victory. But ultimately, if they lose the game, it doesn't really hurt them that much. No, no, I I agree. It's it's almost like you, you get to go balls out. Yes. And no ramifications, like, let's go. And that'd be my message, right? That'd be mm -hmm. my message to these kids. Let's just go out, man. Just go out, have some fun, and go shock the world. Yeah, that, that would be the motivating message. Play free. Do don't try to do too much, but you know, play within yourself. Play play within the game plan, and don't you know? I've heard. I think Rick Newhouse is one who brings this up all the time, and he says, you know, don't play to the name on the front of the jersey. You know what I mean? Don't get caught up in the playing the uniform. Play the players on the field, and it's easier said than done a lot of times because you see the mystique of a of a team coming in, especially a team that has dominated you. These guys who play for Tennessee are used to getting their butts kicked by Alabama every year that they've been there to this point in time. So a lot of the times I'm interested to see how the game starts because if a game starts off and Alabama goes on like a 75-yard touchdown drive and, you know, Tennessee turns the ball over and, and Alabama goes up 10 nothing or something, how they end up responding to some sort of adversity like that against an opponent like Alabama. So I think a fast start is probably uh, what will behoove Tennessee, you know, to get some momentum going, to get some confidence going in their direction because you can very easily get into a here-we-go-again mentality if things don't start out the way that you like. You're, you're so spot on, and, and you bring up the possibility of a turnover. And you know, do they have nerves? It's at home. There's over 100,000 people there. You know, Hendon Hooker has gone 239 passes without an interception. That dates, back, that dates back to last season. Right. He, he's been phenomenal, right? Almost flawless, yeah. He really has. I mean, he has looked great. You know, it's funny because of all this – this vaunted quarterback class. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine, Kevin DeGandhi, who yeah. does college football for ABC and, and, and ESPN, and we were talking about this this vaunted class of quarterbacks that we expected. And, you know, there's been a lot of disappointments, but the one kid who has not been is Hayden, Hayden Hooker. Yeah, Hayden Hooker's been amazing. Like I said, he's, he might be the front runner for the Heisman right now. A guy yep. that, you know, transferred, you know, had some success early on, came to Tennessee and just has continued to thrive in Hypo's offensive system and has looked absolutely amazing. And I think this is a defining game for him too. You know, if he, if he you know, ends up throwing for 330 yards, four touchdowns and no interceptions against Alabama, he's absolutely the front runner at that point. You yes. did it on a national stage yes. against Saban. 
without a doubt, against that, you know, against that front, that, you know, incredible front attacking you. Yes. Wow. It's funny. I, I you know, we talked about it earlier. The line uh, for the game is eight and a half, and it's just soared. I, I just think it's it's just fat. It's way too fat, right? Yeah. I, I'm trying to find a way in my brain to conceive how that would happen. It's bright. If Bryce Young comes out and he looks amazing, and the offense can put up some points, Tennessee's defense is good. It's not dominant. It's been good enough. You know, put up some points, and maybe Tennessee for some reason isn't able to keep up, or when Will Anderson goes off and Hooker doesn't have time to throw. Maybe it's hard for me to just seeing what I've seen from both teams so far this season. It's hard for me to envision that sort of thing happening. I hear you. I'm trying to find a way where Alabama wins by more than a touchdown. I'm with you. I feel the same way. And another another one, let me get your guys' opinion on this one. Because another game that I think is a great game, 5-0 Penn State, 6-0 Michigan, in the Big Ten, at the Big House, high noon. And that line, Michigan is seven in yeah. that game. And that feels fat to me and bloated. A little bit. Michigan's tough to read because we've been saying it so far this first month and a half of the season. They haven't played anybody. <laughs> so and, you know, how, do you, how do you gauge that You know, um, versus like – and they haven't had a lot of dominant wins per se, especially last week against uh, – uh, you know, oh, excuse me, they have had a, a decent amount of dominant wins, uh, but they've been against lesser competition. So that, that's pretty hard to gauge. And Penn State, on the other hand, big wins against – look, a bad Auburn team, but it's still hard to go down and win right. in Jordan-Hare. And dominated Iowa, dominated Indiana. So, yeah, this is a tough reading. And a lot of the money, it seems like, is going towards Michigan. People love the Wolverines. I'm a little skeptical. I think I think Michigan should be favored, but to have them favored by a touchdown, that, that's that's tough for me because I just haven't seen them prove it against the best competition so far. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, you know, they, they, they crushed Colorado State and Hawaii and UConn to start the season, and then they – they beat Maryland by seven. They beat Iowa. They went at Iowa by 13, and it's not a great Iowa team. Yeah. And then they yeah. beat Indiana yeah. last week 31-10. I mean, I just don't know, you know, how good are they? So we liked, you know, the, the Harbaugh's move to McCarthy, I think. You love Corum. Corum is legitimate. But this Penn State team's not bad. I mean, you know, it's it's funny because it's almost like, who have any of these teams played? Penn State, you mentioned Auburn. Well, it's a down Auburn team, but they buried them they at did. Auburn, right? right? Like, that's got to count for something. Yes. They beat Central Michigan last week. They beat Northwestern. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you, which is I think this Penn State team can hang, and it should be, a to me, it's a field goal game either way. I, it's a, Go on, Chris. Yeah, I was going to offer the other side of it that – you know, like it's it's funny because, like, yeah, like Mi- Michigan's been tested in a few places. I think we talked about that Maryland game, like early, I'm la- late last month. About you know, that's probably the best offense they're going to see for a minute, and you know, they still hung tough there in Iowa. You, I know you said it, they're not very good, but at the time, I think a lot of people penned that game as being like, aha, this is going to be the game. Going to Kinnick, tough place for Michigan to play, and they handle their business there, and everyone picked, you know. Them on the road against Indiana, and Indiana is a sneaky team sometimes, and this might be the place where Michigan trips up. So I think people have been kind of waiting to see Michigan trip up for a minute, and they just haven't. They've just taken care of their business, and I think sometimes, 
like yeah, they, yeah, but you they, they know, right? Like, but here's I, the thing, I get though. it, but they don't they don't put up the sexy style points. I get that, but you know, there's something to be said about how they've taken care of their business, and it's still the big house at the end of the day. They get that you know massive home field advantage. Let me ask you guys a question. So, just based on the eye test of what you've seen of Michigan, their good wins or their struggles, Maryland, whatever else, projecting to a t- facing a team like say an Ohio State or even Clemson, whose offense has woken up these last last month or so, are you confident that this Michigan team would be able to keep stop them enough and keep up with them enough offensively to actually give them a game? I think a lot of that just rides in how much JJ McCarthy is going to keep growing. Yeah, for the rest well, of the season. And they've handled him with kid gloves for the most part. He's completing like 80% of his passes, but he's not throwing a lot. And my fear is you get into a game where you need to throw, can he do it this year? I don't know if he's at a, at a place where he can do that. And he hasn't had a lot of experience having to do that because they haven't played the best competition. So I think this week will be a, an interesting test, but this is not the most prolific passing attack they're facing either. The real test is going to be when they face C.J. Stroud in, in Ohio State in a couple of weeks. Agree. Or at the end of the season, excuse me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I you know, I I think I think you're right. You know what's funny? You know, all, all along I, I love the Penn State backup, this kid Drew Alar. Right. I I, I man, I it, it's a reason why I would have played him leading up to this game because I think that kid could win, but you know, again, I think you know they they like Clifford. He's been there for thirty years. I, I just don't know if he's dynamic enough to beat that Michigan defense. Yeah, maybe they trust him to not turn the ball over or something, or be more you know that one of those sort of situations. And they're just we're giving a lot more time to grow. So I think there might be less uh, up and down uh, with uh, more of what you know exactly what you're going to get from Clifford. Whereas you throw a young guy in there, he can make the spectacular play but you might be afraid that he might make a mistake. Now, that it hasn't bitten Michigan yet with McCarthy doesn't mean that it won't. But also, you know, the state of their quarterback situation was so bad before, they almost, it was almost undeniable they had to put him in there. I, I, I don't I'm, know if Clifford has been that terrible. He's been okay. It's fine. I, I, I hear you. I, I guess you know what it is is that I, I think, like I'd rather have the kid with the big arm and the list, they don't have the receivers that they did last year, right, like mm-hmm. Dotson and – like, but I'd rather have the kid with the big arm that I know can go down the field. You know, the one thing where the game, like if you fall behind against Michigan, is Clifford bringing you back? Doubtful. You know, that's why kind of, you know, that's, I just don't know how good you are offensively to combat Michigan. Like Chris brings up a good point. I mean, you know, all it takes is Corm to give you a couple big runs. And, and we, we all of us, you, you said it, Fig. You know, McCarthy was the right move for them. Yeah, and by, in that same vein, by the way, you know, if Michigan were to fall down big, I'm pretty sure that Jim Harbaugh didn't think that Kay McNamara was the guy that could bring them back. Yeah, McCarthy is a good athlete that yeah. could run around and make a lot of throws. Might be best better suited for that. So, yeah, I, the, so that that argument certainly is valid. The McCarthy move, if nothing else, I, I think to your point there about the Penn State situation, you can kind of put in the light where Michigan, where Michigan had the same question at the start of the year: Do you play? Cade McNamara, who's you know knows the offense, you do put in JJ McCarthy, who's going to be young, but he need, he's going to like he's he's absolutely benefited from this time to develop for having live fire situation. He's absolutely a different quarterback than when he started against the game in um against Hawaii. Then like he's he's absolutely grown over the course of 
five games and that kind of live. And I get, I get it. They haven't played too many opponents that is really going to trouble him too much. But he played Maryland. He played at Iowa, and he played in Kinnick with that crazy crowd. So like he's he's been tested enough, and he's he's had the time, and he's ready for a game like this. I feel like if 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 he's not ready for a game like this, the Michigan's in trouble. But you know, they, it's why you play him early in the season and get your young guy ready because he'll be ready by the time you're playing teams who are more put together in the middle to the late at the end of the year. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick to. And let's come back and dive into this October baseball Saturday. This is outrageous. We got four games. Baseball. Let's dive into this series. Baseball, baseball. Baseball, baseball. <laughs> and dive into each of these series. I'm sitting here. It's funny. I'm sitting at my desk, and, and what do I look? And I see a, a baseball in front of me. A, look at this. I, got, I picked it up from the field uh, yesterday to give to Massimo. <laughs> So I feel like I'm, there is a law if you do sports talk radio at some point you have to pick up a baseball or a football and just be holding it while you are doing your radio show. Listen. It just everyone does it. Ooh, that's solid. That's, that's real the baseball nice. in my hand. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Listen, you know what it is? That I, I you guys do do this too, right? Like if there's a ball, I got to pick it up. Yeah, it's like I I used to I I love would wa- I I would love watching local televisions when uh, local television stations for their evening news whenever they go to the sports you know the sports segment every promo they do with their guy he'd always just be like you know he'd have a football in his hand yeah yeah just give a casual toss of it every now and then or catch it it's like it's 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 part of the profession you have to yeah yeah it's true all right uh we're the fellas hanging out on this fox sports saturday Monster, monster, monster weekend in the world of sports. A sports gasmic weekend. Boy, do we love this, man. This is the best. All right. You know, we'll get into all the football. We got to we got to go to Kansas City at some point. And don't forget, fellas, uh, as we hang out from the TireRack.com studios. But here's the deal. Baseball is is incredible theater. I mean, it, this really is. This division series has been awesome. Let's tackle all four series. By the way, Ethan, where you at, E? Yo, yo. Yo, yo bro. Was there a uh, an earthquake in Philadelphia today? I heard it was a 9.1 <laughs> magnitude. Because it seemed like the bank blew up. <laughs> is that unbelievable listen i waited an hour and a half to talk to you all right how incredible is this because oh i don't want to come on right now thumping the chest you know i want to wait until like middle of the show but so figgy and chris go all right all right relax you fellas dude i was on my knees crying my girlfriend thought i had to go to a psych ward <laughs> i was like you don't understand what i've been through for 11 years how about Re- how about Hoskins Reese with the bomb? The emotion, and then he flings down the bat. He said, "Forget the haters, I'm here." <laughs> we'll see though. He's got to be able to scoop a ball. Yeah, I know that play at third on Bohm's play. That's a shame. 
But he uh, that and it, it, you know he's not been good in the field, but it doesn't matter. That three run bomb off of Strider, and it's a shame because Strider's ridiculous. He's so good. What about he that? was he's amazing, man. Ninety nine, and he's just firing it. But he's a two inning guy, and that's where they went wrong because as soon as they started making contact, it was night night. Yeah, I, I think, you know, again, he hadn't pitched since September 18th, and that was the big risk by Snitker, which is, you know, do I throw the kid who, who hasn't pitched in, in a couple weeks, and it was, it was on a pitch count, and I think he tried to steal it. I think he tried to go in and steal it, get, you know, three tops, four innings out of him, and he was on his way. Like, first two looked good, and then, you know, I go back to the start, at bat, Bryson Stott, who was a young rookie shortstop for the Phillies who had been struggling big time, and he just kept staying alive against Strider, driving his pitch count up, you know, fouled off those 99-mile-an-hour fastballs, just sticking his bat out and, and fouling off. And finally, Strider gives in and throws him a breaking ball, and, you know, his bat was already sped up. And he was able to yank it and pull it in, into right for the double, which g- gave the Phillies a one off the lead. And it got Strider freaked. And that set the stage. You had the walk to Schwarber and then the Hoskins bomb thing. Yeah, and the Hoskins story uh, was pretty amazing, too. Guy who had been mired in such a giant slump. And to come up in a situation like that, a big situation, to come up with a big hit, to see the raw emotion that he expressed was uh, pretty cool. And that's the stuff that. The playoffs are made up, too. No matter how bad you may be in the regular season, you know, all it takes is one at-bat and one moment to kind of turn things around. Uh, so that was a pretty cool moment to see, too. You know, and the way he just flung his bat down. Yeah. Like you said, the raw emotion. That's cool. It is cool, man. And that's something that's going to live. Like, the relief. Yeah. And when he hits that ball, just the relief of, oh, my God, I finally got a hit. Yes. Of course, I'm sure that's something that a lot of old fogies are like, well, you should uh, act like you've been there before and don't slam the bat down. And I was like, all right, Gramps. Exactly. I mean, that's – like, how could you not go, wow, how awesome is that? Right. Right? Right. Like, you know, you see somebody who's struggled, who has had so many issues, and then, uh, you know – and again, off a strider. So what do you think of Snicker? Like, would you know, the he – I guess he had – he was going to pitch him either – for yesterday or sat or today, which mm-hmm. would be Saturday in game four. Right. And he opts to go yesterday, not Morton, and he takes a shot with the kid who hadn't pitched again since September 18th, and it was on a pitch count. I mean, I don't necessarily mind it because you put yourself in a position where, say, you throw the kid out there if he gets lit up, you know, which he did and loses. You're in a winner or not winner take all, but you're basically your backs are against the wall in a must win situation. Would I rather put a kid out there with little experience or someone who's been around the block a few times uh, and has been in big games in the postseason before? Now, look, it's gone both ways with guys. We've seen young guys with no experience come in and be lights out in the playoffs. We've seen veteran guys who've been there before get destroyed too. So there might not be a right or a wrong, but I think I can sort of understand Snickers thinking put the kid out here in this situation. If we can get a win, great. If we lose, fine, we'll come back with a veteran and see if we can keep ourselves alive on Saturday. So it, it made sense to me. Yeah, listen, I agree with you. Um, you take your shot on Friday knowing that Saturday, and let's talk about today because today 
game four, the world champs back against the wall down 2-1. It's going to be Noah Syndergaard for the Phillies, who, again, you know, you're pitching. The, the thing about these series, and this is what I don't like about Major League Baseball playoffs, is if you space it out the way the NBA does, you get the best pitching matchups. But when you cram all these games together, you got to have bullpen games, and then you got to have a situation like today where the Phillies have to throw Noah Syndergaard, who has been terrible, right? Like, just yeah. absolutely terrible. And, you know, listen, the Braves legitimate with Morton. Morton's not the same guy he used to be. But, you know, he's still got a little something left. But the Phillies got to throw Syndergaard. And yesterday was the was the Braves' time to, to use the bullpen with Odorizzi coming after stride. I will say, too, when we talked early in the show about momentum and taking too much time off and all that, I, I wonder if there's a, a small part of Major League Baseball saying we don't want to have – let's say two days off in between games because of guys complaining about getting out of their rhythm or momentum or all that stuff. I do think a small part of the, the condensed schedule this year is about the late start to the season. And that's why the World Series is going to carry into early November deeper than it ever has. So that's probably a small part of it too, is that you have fewer days off, no days off in between yes. travel days you know, for a series or two here and there. So that's a small part of it. But just in general, Anthony, you're right. Baseball does not lend itself to having days off in between even four playoff games, even if you extended it for an additional two days. Just add an extra day off in between games would just make it so much better because, to your point, we see the better players more often, the better exactly. pitchers. Exactly. You know, I, I what, they need, what they need to do at some point is to really take a look at pairing some of the regular season down and contracting some of the regular season and, you know, expanding October. Because, again, it makes no sense rushing through this. Like, why would you want to rush through October when you have all these great series and uh, the game slows down and all of a sudden pitch by pitch, every pitch matters? Like, why do you want to rush through that? Yeah, and one thing I will say, I've been against, you know, expanding playoffs and, you know, shortening the regular season, but I would think for a sport like baseball in particular, you deal with so many so much attrition and arm injuries and all that. What harm could it do to shave some regular season games off and have more meaningful games down the stretch of the season where these guys are actually out there pitching in games that matter? So it's not like, you know, the Dodgers or the Astros who are playing out the string for three and a half weeks. And, you know, playing with kid gloves or trying to figure out how exactly they want to pitch a Kershaw or how they want to pitch another starter, Framber Valdez or something, trying right. to protect him gets, against getting hurt. If you just make those three weeks into additional playoff rounds, then it's all meaningful. What does it matter? And, and I, guess, I guess my point is, listen, you, you know, sometimes, I mean, the game is hot, summer days. It's just ugly, right? Like it doesn't, you know – what, what what does it matter playing 162 games it, when when we are a different animal today? The sports fan is different. The way they had the game, I listen. It made sense back in the day where you know the, you play all summer long, and then the winner of the American League plays the winner of the National League. But the minute you start getting into the playoffs, yeah, you see the difference between playoff baseball and regular season baseball. It's just it's so. Big. Chris, look, I know you're not the biggest baseball fan. Look at the difference in how it's played in the playoffs versus the regular season. It's way more captivating. No, I, 
I consider myself, I baseball's not my first sport I go to, but I will always tune into the playoffs just because of that. Like, you're hanging on every pitch. I remember how Roughly. stressed I was when the Tigers were going to the playoffs every year, just being in bars, just not wanting to look at people, just every pitch, just killing your soul in these kind of games. Like yes. It's, it's yes. drama of the highest degree. I think it's... I, I would want to see them expanded to seven. I want seven series. The only the only things I don't want to hear is when I I, I get annoyed by this sometimes. It's the it's the uh talk of, well, we want, you know, we want expanded playoffs, but then, you know, we don't want a San Diego Cleveland series for the World Series. It's like you you got it. well, okay, then don't make the playoffs big enough to include them then. Like that's that's the only thing in my mind. If you're yeah, gonna well, be like I, that, but I, listen, I'm, I'm I don't want to hear that too. I, I, I hate I hate that small yeah. market. Oh, this, yeah, that. we hear this. I for mean, the they final don't, they don't the exist time. there. Yeah. Like, then you shouldn't have took their money and expand. Like, then they, they contract teams if you don't want those teams. Yeah, around. I hear it for the NCAA tournament all yeah. the time. It's like, oh, we don't want to see Loyola Chicago in the right. final four. It's like, all right, then why why were they even playing in the tournament to begin yeah. with? Then you gotta yeah. you gotta give them the chance to compete here. So, but yeah, no, I think it's it's hard because the calendar. You'd have to start the playoffs earlier, but I think that's totally fine if mm-hmm. we're going up to seven games. Like that's, I, that's I think, totally you know, I, I mean, in, in my world, my perfect world, the season's over Labor Day. And then I expand it. Yeah. And then I have, you know. No, that'd be fine because, like, again, football is still finding its niche around September. You you probably lose out in the first few weeks of the NFL gets started. But then, you know, we look, I, 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 I would have preferred watching a baseball game over that Thursday night football game. I would have preferred that deeply. To watch oh my God, a playoff yeah. by the game way, over over. Well, I was watching Bears. UCF. I was watching UCF Temple. I was more oh encapsulated God. by that. Don't bring that game. Or up, West please, Virginia dude. and oh oh yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah, 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 oh, sensitive my, one. Please. My bad, oh. brother. Oh yeah, oh. both of you. Sorry. Yeah, that was. That, that hey, hurts. maybe you can get Matt Rule back. Oh my God! I was talking oh, to him just, last You keep night. going for the body blows. Today. Oh, sorry, too soon on that too. My bad. Speak on it anymore. Oh my God, Fig! I was talking to Matt last night. Yeah, how's how's the uh. How's he doing? He's all all things right. considered, you know. Listen, let me. You know, I mean, you know, thank God he's he's all right. Yeah. You know, financially, but you sure, know, it's a, it's a shame. He's a he's a great coach. I, I, it's hard when you a don't great coach, man. And I feel for him because you, well, you don't have a quarterback. And they you. tried. They tried yeah. to get a quarterback, and they just got stimmied along the way. And you have to deal with Darnold, and then I mean, Mayfield. Uh, Bay, Mayfield is like you just never got to set your own team there. But been better off sticking with Teddy Bridgewater. I, I think Ma- yeah. let, let me yeah. just say this. I think Matt's going to get plenty of offers in the college ranks here. Everyone's very excited to have him available for a college gig again. Because did well, you we- get a sense uh, in exactly. talking to him that he wants to jump right back into it, or he wants to take some time off, or he didn't really, you know, lean one way or the other? Uh, I mean, right now it's so fresh. Yeah, you know, yeah. he just wants to be it's with hard. the family, right? And, you I'm- know, it's it's tough. Like when you're that public, right? And what happened down there and. The owner and it's just and one of the reasons why he doesn't get a chance is because of the contract, right? Because they go, you know, if he goes gets a job somewhere else, they don't have to pay him, the right? Offset, like, right? Yeah. So, which is a shame, and like he takes over during COVID, that was hard, right? Like you, you didn't even see his players until training it, camp, probably, that, right? Yes, because yeah. remember OTAs were all, virtual. all cut out, yeah, virtual, right? And so you're stuck and and. You know the biggest, the biggest, the fatal move was Darnold, right? And you get one shot at it. It's a shame, man. 
because like then you're stuck and you're desperate and you're trying to get a quarterback and you know Baker comes available so you just you know say all right well I'll take the best available guy and that's kind of how it played out but let me ask you guys a question if you're Matt and you have your choice of jobs do you do you look at Auburn do you look at Wisconsin where where do you you know Nebraska I would say yes, yes, and yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if Auburn happens to come available, which many people believe that it will by season's yeah. end, I mean, I'd have to take an immediate look at that one. Nebraska is, is hard for me because we know what it can be, but I mean, the way that is trending towards, I, I just don't. It, that's an uphill climb. Now he's done it before. Baylor was pretty downtrodden at the time yes. that he took it over. Temple was too, and. Brought both of those back from essentially the dead and made them into viable, you know, power programs. So it potentially could do it at Nebraska, but the easier role, it's not easy in, in Auburn, but as far as recruiting, you're in a major conference where right. you've done well, you can turn things around relatively quickly. Auburn would seem to make the most sense. And then after that, Wisconsin. Wisconsin is kind of just by default built to get you kind of seven to eight wins every year. And yes. then if you have the, the good enough coaching and a good enough quarterback, it can take you over the top. So I, it, I would well, I would put those two as one and one A, and then uh, have uh, Nebraska as kind of a distant I third. I, I feel like all three of these jobs just have such high demands for them too. Like Wisconsin, there's demands of what you can do. Uh, Nebraska, obviously, it's right there. Auburn, Auburn people are very gung ho. They don't want to ever play. They don't want to keep playing second field to Alabama. I don't think they'll ever get past them. Well, Nick Saban's there, but like all three of these jobs have aggressive demands i think yeah to your point like you definitely get the better recruits being down at auburn but is that that's a program that's not been able to outshine its others in the division for a minute here so well let me ask you guys a question when you kind of dive into it right can you win a national championship at wisconsin is that possible who's look the one thing his the way he likes to play with defense and strong running game can you get good enough to win at Wisconsin, or is you know you're always going to be stuck playing you know second fiddle to Ohio State, and you're never going to have a chance to play for a national championship in a in a certain year every you know once every few years and you have enough you know offensive linemen who are built up and you have a good running game. I still think the quarterback. I mean, you know their their best run is when they had uh, you know uh, Russell Wilson there. Um, if they can get themselves a decent quarterback, which has been an issue for them for a few years. I think with a quality coach like Matt Rule, I think they can find themselves in the national championship conversation. Now, every single solitary year, no. But, I mean, they can be a double-digit uh, team, win team, and be a factor every single year. But as far as, you know, the ceiling, the ceiling is higher for a place like Auburn, let's say, because you just get the top – you get a top five recruiting class almost by default every single year. But, obviously, the competition is going to be a little bit tougher in the SEC, although the Big Ten is nothing to sneeze at, too. So every single year competing for a national championship, no. But I feel like at Wisconsin you have more job security too if you can just you know keep your head above water and win between 9 and 11 games every single year, which I think is wouldn't be very difficult to do for someone like Matt Rule. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a great point. All right, we are way late. we got to take a quick T.O. we got to follow these conversations. I was going to make baseball. We're the fellas. That's why we love sports, man, because we just meander. The fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, welcome back, fellas. Forgive, forgive us. 
for running off at the mouth as uh, we come to you live from the TireRack.com studios. Um, <laughs> that was my fault for bringing up UCF Temple. I kind of took us down no. a bit of a dark uh, road. Then there. We, went, we started with baseball. <laughs> we did. And, and then we went down the Matt Rule rabbit hole. Yeah. Like, like I'm not even... holds on, man. <laughs> I got one more with Matt because my advice would be sit out okay. next year. Take one year off because what jobs then become available – after one year, like I, I don't know. This will there be better jobs that potentially? Will there be jobs that will be potentially better than Wisconsin or I mean, Auburn that will come will come open next year? I, I don't know. I don't know what the buyout's still going to be, but storms are hanging over Iowa at this point. I don't know. Is Iowa a better job than Wisconsin in the Big Ten? I don't believe so. No. Well, uh, let me ask you a question. I mean, I know like Penn State's unbeaten. But if they had a down year, if they fall off the table, then they have a down year yet next year. There's always weird talk surrounding Franklin. Sure, and there's been and, talk of him just and, leaving at some right. point too. And, and and yeah, or he or he or he just like you said, he just he goes. And and Matt has a you know has a connection with Penn State, um, which is a good job. Sure. You know, does Notre Dame fall flat? I mean, I don't, I think it's too soon. I think it's way too soon. To Freeman's has a, has a good you know recruiting class going. So yeah. unless they just literally fall off the face of the earth and don't win another game this year, which I don't yeah, see happening, no. I think Freeman's safe for at least one more year. Notre Dame's been impatient. Yeah, I, 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 in the remember, because it would be the end of the next year, right? Like so, yeah. You know, and I, but I agree with you. So way too two years from now, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're you're, you're like you would sit out all of next year, right? All mm-hmm. of 2023. And then you come back in 2024. I don't know. Like, what about the NFL? Like, who's, you know, you know, at that point, there could be big jobs available too, Denver. right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> you, know, you never know. You know, I, I don't know. It's an interesting, like, it's it's interesting if you're the, if you're a coach like him, do you wait it out to, or you just rush back in and, and do it? All right. We're the fellas. We'll come back and I promise we'll get back to baseball and go through the series and then Buffalo, Kansas City, where the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, that's us. We're the fellas. And, yeah, we're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. And on that selection, fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What a day, what a day, what a day. We've been all over the place. Alabama, Tennessee, we have spent a ton on that. Penn State, Michigan, unbeatens in the SEC, unbeatens in the Big Ten, unbeatens in the Big 12, Oklahoma State, TCU. Man, college football is great. We're going to have USC, another unbeaten against Utah, so... It's one of those days where it's going to be a great, great day in college football. But as promised, uh, w- the big story, I mean, you know, this big week of uh, playoff baseball has incredible theater, incredible drama, and uh, a couple of these series could end. Let's kind of dive through it and let's work backwards. So tonight, the fourth game on the slate, 
was the last game on the slate last night, and that was the Padres, an incredible pitcher's duel where the Dodgers had the bullpen game going, and they pitched well. I mean, the Dodgers' bullpen held its own, right, and against Blake Snell, and the only thing, how about Grisham? Grisham comes up with a big home run to make it 2 nothing, and that's it. It holds up as the game-winning run. Pods now with Musgrove can end the series. The Padres, who everybody thought when they hit the skids in September, right after the Tatis stuff, you know, everybody thought, wow, you know, Pods, they won the trade deadline, but somehow lost the war. And here they are about to slay the Dodgers up two to one. Figgy, I, I mean, I you know, you saw this, you know this rivalry better than anyone. You're a Mr. Dodger. Well, first of all, I'll say the rivalry is, is mostly one sided. The Dodgers yep. really don't view the Padres as much of a rival. The Padres view the Dodgers as their biggest rival. So this yep. would be and they they are playing on I heard someone else uh, on our local affiliate bring this up and it was a good point. The Padres are playing on emotion. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dodgers are playing very, like, workmanlike. You know, we have a job to do. You know, it's tough. We'll get back to it. The Padres are like, we feel this. We need this. We want this. And right now the emotion is winning out. Uh, you know, these guys have something to play for, you know, and they, they're tired of being the baby brother. You know, Bill Plaschke, the great columnist for the L.A. Times, wrote, you know, something about the Padres being, you know, being like an annoying little net. And I'm paraphrasing, but that's essentially what he wrote in his column last week before the series started. And the Padres are kind of tired of hearing that. They're tired of being little brother. They've made all these moves over the last few years to try to catch the Dodgers. That's been their model. That's why they gave Tatis the giant contract. That's why they traded their entire minor league system for Juan Soto, and they brought in Josh Bell and all these pitchers, Blake Snell. And it now finally seems to be working. They still have to finish the job uh, coming up tonight and potentially Sunday. Uh, but they're right on the brink, and they're to a certain degree out dodging the Dodgers at the moment. You know, Yes, they're not putting up gaudy offensive numbers, but from a pitching standpoint, their starters have done just enough and their bullpen have been literally lights out, have not allowed a single run uh, this entire postseason run so far, or at least in this series, against the Dodgers. So uh, they're they're flying high on confidence. The good thing about the Dodgers, I guess, if you're a Dodger fan or supporter or want them to win, they're not going to get too up or too down. They are as unemotional as it gets. They're very businesslike. They're like, yeah, you know what? We're not hitting. We know what we need to do, and we'll do our best to make sure that happens tonight. That's It's, it's very boring. Uh, but I feel like an even-keeled mentality usually is what ends up winning out in Major League Baseball. 
It's the guys who get overly emotional, too amped up one way or the other. You know, you, you kind of lend yourself to being a little more inconsistent with the way that you play and perform, whereas with a team that's more even-keeled, you have more success. But as of right now through three games, the Padres are, are sitting pretty, playing on, playing on emotion and riding that emotional wave. So, you know, one of the great stories has been Hader, right? We thought, you know, there were some issues. When they get Hader from Milwaukee, I know I wondered, what does Milwaukee know that San Diego doesn't? Why are you going to trade Hader throwing triple digits? And, you know, he struggled a little bit down the stretch. And then he has looked great though his last two outings. Yeah, when he first got there, he was terrible. Without, There's no two ways about it. He was awful. And then down the stretch of the end of the regular season, he got a little bit better and a little bit better, and now he's kind of turned into the Josh Hader that we remember. I mean, the thought was, well, one, Milwaukee felt that Devin Williams was younger and had less wear and tear because, I mean, they used him a lot, Josh Hader, these last couple of playoff runs in Milwaukee. So they kind of felt that they were getting diminished, you know, diminishing returns at a certain point, trade him now while he still has value before he falls off of a cliff completely. Whether Will that happen the next year or so, we'll have to see. But it made sense to me as to why they traded him away uh, for a younger guy with less wear and tear in Devin Williams. But he's had an amazing impact for San Diego for a team that feels like they're ready to contend now. And they kind of have a little bit of a, and I'm sure they're hoping, for an Atlanta Brave feel from last year. They didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr. for their World Series run. The Padres don't have uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. for this run. And so far it hasn't mattered for them. Yeah, it really is. They're a a fun story. Now, how do you look at tonight with Musgrove going against Tyler Anderson? Well, both guys have been great uh, all year long, and Musgrove coming off of that big win against New York. You know, I guess the issue with Tyler Anderson that people bring up is not a lot of postseason experience, one, and he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. He's a pitch-to-contact kind of pitcher, which doesn't really lend itself to a lot of success in the playoffs, but he's been there, one of the more consistent starters for the Dodgers and one of their healthier starters all year long. So you have to run him out there. I honestly would have put him out there last night if it were yeah. me. I would have put him out there and, and saved the Gonsolin, you know, being mm-hmm. chased by Heaney bullpenish type game for tonight. Um, but nevertheless, this is what they have. And Tyler Anderson, if he gets, if he has a short leash, they're, they're going to throw Dustin May likely behind him. Uh, so it's going to be a tough one. You know, usually you want to say you run. You want to run the starter out and get to the bullpen. That probably isn't the best strategy for the Dodgers, considering how good the bullpen for the Padres has been. So the best strategy is to try to get to Joe, Mus- Joe Musgrove as early as possible, uh, which is tough sledding. <laughs> so uh, I, the, the, the answer for the Dodgers, honestly, figure out to, a way to get to push some of those runs across when you get guys in scoring position because as of you know this entire series, 0 for the last 19, is pretty damn ugly. You know what's, you know what's nuts, too, is that – in baseball, man, it gets late early, right? Like that whole thing yeah. is true. And what happens is because it's only a five-game series, you just start to press, you know, after one game. Like, oh, my God. Like we made a big deal. It was a big deal in Philadelphia. That everybody wanted to change the lineup, right? Right. Uh, so it's Schwarber and Hoskins were combined one for 33 in the playoffs. And so going into yesterday, you know, all, my local show be oh you got to change the lineup you got to change the lineup and i'm like no you don't change the lineup it's four games like i know one for 33 doesn't look good but it's four games baseball is a game of averages right so Large you know it's sizes, so, yeah. right and you know that at some point 
Schwarber hit all those bombs is gonna is gonna hit. The same thing with Hoskins. You just gotta stay with it. And then, you know, and sure enough, look, Hoskins gives you dividends. Yeah, I guess the issue is, and this goes back to why we believe this should be seven game series instead of five. You mentioned it getting late early. You know, you start to panic. It's like you don't have time. <laughs> it's like, all right, we've tried we've tried this out for three straight games and nothing's working and it's not happening the right. way we should. We gotta fix we gotta change things up. You know, this is not lose a three-game series and then move on to the next city. You know, this is we stay home for the entire winter. So it's it's easy to say, and I and I, I agree with you and would stick with that mentality as well, especially if it's been a lineup that you've had the entire season. You know, it, it's it eventually you think it's going to progress to the mean to a certain degree. Uh, now, unless you're one of those teams that just juggles the lineup every single day, which a lot of teams do nowadays to play the matchup right. game, that's one thing. But if you're one of these teams that has a consistent lineup, don't go changing things left and right when it's been working for you the majority of the season and got you to this point. So I'm with you on that. All right. So let me hit you with this. So now we got Yankees-Cleveland. The series shifts to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Cleveland ties it yesterday in extras. Now, all of a sudden, advantage Guardians. McKenzie against Severino. Uh, you know that Cleveland's going to be wild, much like Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. That they could actually slay the dragon that is the Yankees. They're, I mean, and, and talk about, you know, lineups and guys not performing. Aaron Judge, what happened? Yeah, I mean, my God, <laughs> 62 home runs, probably going to be the MVP. And now baseball history, the only guy to have multiple four strikeout games in the postseason. How about it? Which is man. a crazy it's, it's stat, a by the way. game's cruel, man. The game can be cruel. It's unbel- And has looked very feeble <laughs> in his at-bats. Has, has. been totally overmatched. Disturbingly yes. feeble. You know, that's they're, they're fortunate, I guess, to be tied at one game apiece and not be down potentially 2-0. With when you have your MVP candidate playing as poorly as he's been playing, so that and look, McKenzie's another guy that can a young guy that ha- that can throw some heat. great stuff. man. Yes, this is a Cleveland's one of those young teams without a lot of postseason experience. They don't know any better. The Yankees, similar to the Dodgers, are a team that have all the expectations in the world on their shoulders. Yeah, man, I, I look at this thing and I go, mm, I kind of like Cleveland, man. I think Cleveland could could knock them off. I still like the Yankees, but I, I can certainly see an avenue to, uh, for Cleveland being able to, to find a way to win the series. Absolutely, especially with it being five games. Yeah, especially yep. if they're getting the Yankees with their bats cold. Like, there's, it's kind of easy to see the road for Cleveland to get to two more wins here. If, if you can keep shutting down Aaron Judge, then I, uh, I don't know. I, I think I think I see exactly their path. And let's see, they got like what two more games? They but if it goes full to five, it'd be like what two more games in Cleveland? Yeah, well, it, well yeah, you, you get Cle- you have you Cleveland, Cleveland tonight and tomorrow, and then you'd yeah. have Game Five back in New York. Yeah, so you're holding serve at home. Like it's it's a good spot for Cleveland right now. Yeah, you've already stolen home field, you know, by getting the split. So I mean, this something would, both the Padres and the Phillies did yes. in their series. Absolutely. Now, it doesn't mean the series are over by any stretch. You know, these teams had these great records for a reason. So it wouldn't surprise me if any of these series won five. Yeah. I just don't want to hear other people whining once the Yankees are out that, you know, baseball's in trouble because of small markets. That's all. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I will say that some, and probably people who either don't have a vested interest just in the sport overall, overall and just want storylines and all that, will be upset 
if say it was like you know a, a Cleveland in the World Series. Oh yeah, no, you know, I, I and t- not having stars like Aaron Judge or Mookie Betts or you know guys like that, you know, in the postseason still, uh, you know, deep in the playoffs. No, I totally get that. Not having Judge is a bad sign, but this isn't pro wrestling. We're not fantasy booking, and if that's the case, then you should baseball should be calling up Aaron Judge and begging him to hit better against Cleveland. Hey, get no complaints from me. I'm right there with you. Doesn't bother me. I'm watching either way. So no, exactly. I know. I just, the I, this is, this is the time of year, though. Every time we get to these playoffs, this is the time of year where I have to listen to like hand wringing over ratings talk. Oh no, Cleveland could be in the World Series. And just it, it's 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 my number one pet peeve in in sport in sports talk. Listen, people worry about not having major markets. Yeah, I hear you. I get you. I get you. Spoken like a true man from Toledo. <laughs> Toledo, Toledo, Detroit. I mean, hell, I, Toledo does Detroit and Cleveland sports. Yeah. yeah. And by the way, the every man could care less about the ratings anyway. So no, exactly. That to the yeah, yeah, there's plenty the of people who watch Cleveland, Cleveland and baseball. It's like, yeah. who cares? Yeah, there's plenty so of people in Cleveland, Ohio, who want to see the Guardians in the yeah. World Series for right. sure. Now, I will say this. Uh, it's a shame for Seattle because mm. – They've deserved a better fate. Ooh, yeah. Man, talk about cruel. They look like they're going to they, – they hit Verlander, right? Cal yeah, Rally. That's tough. They're right, and then you get bit. Once again, Yordi. Yordi comes up huge. Yordi Alvarez is just amazing. And he single-handedly has the Strohs up 2-0. Strohs, to me, they're still the best team in baseball and – I know, you know, I don't know how you do. Do you have the collateral damage of the cheat with them? A little bit because there's still some principal figures that are still there. Altuve and Bregman are still there, two of the better players as part of the cheating scandal. I will say, in a, from a macro view, the great majority of those guys on the roster were not there in 2017. This is probably 80% of a new roster of guys who were not there for for the scandal, but from a Dodger fan standpoint, every time the Astros come to Dodger Stadium, and I guess that's going to be every year or every other year now that they're going to play everybody plays everybody, they're probably going to get booed off the field regardless of who's wearing that uniform. That's probably just – so that's the collateral damage they're going to have to deal with with some people for all of time regardless of the people that were directly connected with it are no longer there. Yeah, but putting, putting the people – putting the Dodgers fans aside, I think for a lot of other baseball fans out there, the longer the Astros keep – just winning and going deep in the playoffs, the less that cheating scandal ultimately matters to their overall macro success. You've like, yeah, it was it was a black mark on them, but and look, baseball didn't really punish them that hard, and you've lost that window now. And what we have right now is a team that's still playing extremely well, no signs of cheating here whatsoever. And I think people are people liked guys like Jose Altuve before the scandal, and they're more than ready to like him again, especially if the wow. team just keeps playing well like I don't this. know about that. Altuve still takes incoming from a lot of people, especially on yeah. social media. I yeah. think the Astros as a whole, as an organization, maybe recover a little bit, but some of these individuals, it still follows Carlos Correa, doesn't play there anymore. George Springer to a lesser extent in Toronto. Yep. Uh, so some of those guys who are still part of that team get it. My question is, and I, I wonder, you know, they made it back to the World Series, you know, lost to the Nationals. If this ends up being the only World Series this iteration of Houston wins, and this iteration includes like Altuve and, and Bregman, everybody that was there on that team, if they never win another World Series, is 2017 tainted at all? Knowing that the only championship that they did win was in the midst of the trash can banging scandal. I mean, maybe a little bit, but once again, it the onus lies on baseball. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. They did not come down hard enough on the Astros, and they're just going to – 
like everything baseball's done. They, they, I, I would hate if this turns into another thing like the steroids thing, where it's like, well, we didn't get a chance. We didn't, for whatever reason, we shied away from punishing them at the time hard enough. So let's just let you know the writers try to decry them and let them bury them. Like that's just that's no. lame. Like baseball should have got them while they had them. They had they knew who they were and they let them off the hook. You mean like when Rob Manfred was asked last week about how he feels about who the home run king is, and he's like, well, you know, fans can determine whoever they want. Yeah, yeah. like the that's, that's commissioner lame. of baseball. Like, what are you run talking baseball. about? God, you decide the these things for once. Jeez. Someone takes some leadership. They for are the once. worst. It's amazing how bad poorly they run that sport. It's amazing. It, it really is. Uh, but because it could be so thrilling, like it was yesterday in Philadelphia, when the Phillies jump all over the Braves. Bryce Harper. We talked about the Reese Hoskins home run. So you know, lost in this whole thing. It's it's now Phillies are up two one in the series. However. They got to throw Cindergaard, all right? Yeah. And Cindergaard does not profile well against Atlanta and the Atlanta bats. So it's going to be up to the Phillies bats uh, to kind of carry them. Otherwise, it could be this series could go back to Atlanta for game five tomorrow. I think it probably will, unfortunately, for our, for our Philly supporters here. Uh, <laughs> having seen enough of Noah Cindergaard as an Angel fan before they uh, shipped him out there to Philadelphia – very inconsistent. When he's good, he's good, but when he's bad, he is dreadful. <laughs> so, and there rarely ever is an in between with him. Uh, so, you're hoping that you get a little bit of the good tomorrow, and if you need to, you know, rest on that on the backs of that bullpen, which has been uh, not the best at times in Philadelphia the last couple of years too. Uh, so, I think the signs are probably pointing because for us to end up having ourselves a game five back in the ATL and see what happens from there. Yeah, and and to your point, sometimes like when you have the lopsided win. Yeah, like like you know, like to like yesterday. There's a, like a sense, and sometimes it becomes a false sense, right? Where you feel like you won the series, but then you look up and you go, "Wait a second, it's two two. Now I got to get back on a plane." Yeah, you're playing against the defending world champions who have pride too. You know, or a great one, lineup too. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's one thing if you're the Dodgers and you lost, you know, what five to three and and yeah. two to one, and you know, okay, we're right there. These guys are just edging us. If you're a team like Atlanta and you know you're better than that and you just got your butts handed to you nine to one, you know, there's a there's a, a there's a built-in motivation, you know, mm. there for you to want to come out and perform better the next night. So I think that's and against a pitcher who's as likely as anyone to really give it up. So I think Atlanta has a lot of things working in their favor tonight. Yeah. Anyway, that that's your situation with uh, baseball. It's been incredible, man. It's been a great week of playoff baseball. Really a great uh, 10 days of playoff baseball. So uh, let's go back. We'll take a quick T.O. We'll come back and check a little NFL. We got to talk about what's going to happen in Kansas City tomorrow. The rematch. Buffalo, Kansas City, Bills, Chiefs. Who's the king of the AFC and the king of football? We'll talk about that next right here with the fellas on Fox Sports Radio. From the TireRack.com studios. I think so I don't get in trouble because last time we uh, we ran from the mouth. You know what I'm saying? So why don't we we do do this? Let's do some trending. Ah. All right. (laughs) 
And then Front let's I like it. Let, yeah. let's tackle Kansas City Buffalo, baby. All right. Well, we'll start with Major League Baseball. Uh, the Dodgers had the best record in baseball during the regular season, yet just three games into the playoffs find themselves in a win or go home situation. That is because San Diego road starter Blake Snell and so far a pretty dominant bullpen as well to a two to one victory taking a two-to-one series lead in their division series. Jake Cronenworth, RBI single, Trent Grisham home run. That was pretty much it. That was all the scoring for San Diego. They are now one victory away from their first NLCS since 1998. How about your fills there, cuz? 2010, the last time they made it to the NLCS. Friday night, they inch closer to a return after a 9-to-1 victory over the Braves. They take a 2-to-1 series lead with a chance to close it out tonight as well. Oscar Gonzalez, the go-ahead single, while Emmanuel Class A got the victory for Cleveland. They defeat the Yankees 4-2, tying their divisional series at a game apiece. The NFL, Buffalo Bills getting healthy at the right time. Safety Jordan Poyer and linebacker Tremaine Edmonds taken off of the injury report. They are expected to play against the Chiefs on Sunday. Saints will be without receivers Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas against the Bengals. College football victories on Friday for UTSA and SMU. Back to the fellas. All right, thank you, Fig. We are the fellas hanging out on a uh, incredible, Fox football Saturday, great college football, and just incredible stuff all the way around. We cannot wait, man. We love we love this stuff. We live for this stuff, and it's going to be an incredible day. Now, let's look at tomorrow for a second, though, because the showdown of all showdowns happens tomorrow in Kansas City. It's Mahomes v. Allen, the Chiefs v. Bills, the best team in the NFL right now, everybody knows it's Buffalo. And uh, many believe uh, that the Chiefs are second. So we thought the AFC West would be great. But really, the, the and Figgy, you saw it. You said still the Chiefs. It's still the Chiefs. And we all knew the Bills would be the class of the AFC East, right? Like, But we yep. knew that those two teams would be the juggernauts. We saw them. And let's go back and rewind to last year, January twenty second of tw- uh, January twenty third, twenty twenty two, this past year, forty two thirty six, an incredible fourth quarter. The game. Let's rewind. Gabriel Davis late in the third, a seventy five yard touchdown pass from Josh Allen puts Buffalo up twenty three to twenty one. And that set the stage for an amazing fourth quarter. It begins with a, uh, a, a, excuse me, that Gabriel Davis cut the lead to 23-21. The Chiefs were up 23-14. And then the Gabriel Davis, big, the long touchdown makes it 23-21. Uh, the Chiefs had a field goal to make it 26-21. And then we saw Gabriel Davis again. That was his coming out party. He gets the 27-yard touchdown pass from Allen. They get the two-point conversion to Diggs. Bills up 29-26. And you go, all right, you know, long way from over because you know how the Chiefs, they could easily get in the field goal range and tie the game. Forget field goal range. 64-yard play from Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. In an incredible, like wild scenario to put the uh the Chiefs back up 33-29. But the Bills go right down the field. 
in a wild, wild drive. They score, right? Gabriel Davis again. And so the next thing you know, they're up 36-33. And we think, wow, what an amazing comeback. The Bills and everybody, including myself, are thinking, wow, man, this Bills team going to the Super Bowl. They had one more game and it would be against Cincinnati, right? No, no, no. 13 seconds, we found out, is an eternity. And they tie it on the uh, 49-yard field goal. Remember the play, middle of the field, they give up the big play. Oh, my God, I still can't believe it. I love Sean McDermott. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine, and I, I couldn't have the heart. I still haven't brought it up to him that game, which was unbelievable. And then, of course, Kelsey in overtime from Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs win an epic, epic game, boys. That game was one of the greatest games in the history of the league, Fig. Yeah, definitely one of the greatest finishes. You talk about the roller coaster up and down, and then, of course, the 13 seconds, which the Bills have been trolled with <laughs> the entire offseason, yeah. you know, giving up the, you know, and not kicking, not squibbing it, killing more time, and, you know, kicking the kicking the kickoff through the end zone, all that you know, to be second-guessed, but – just a phenomenal finish. It was just, you know, who had the ball last to be able to score a touchdown, you know. And, of course, it, it started the debate about extending the overtime and, you know, having everybody have a possession regardless if you score a touchdown or not. But just regardless of that, to your point, just a spectacular matchup. And as we projected forward to this year, you know, one of the key principal figures not available now is Tyree Kill. And so I don't know. I I, just, I don't know what the numbers are off the top of my head, but just anecdotally, just looking at the Chiefs, they certainly are still scoring points, but they look differently and are doing it differently than they have been in the past. Certainly not as explosive with big plays. A little bit more methodical. I think they've tried to run the ball a little bit more this year. So it's it's looked differently. They're four and one, but they they don't feel like the dominant four and one like they usually would be this time of year. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I kind of, I kind of feel the same way when I look at those. I look at those that team. Uh, meanwhile, Josh Allen and they, I mean, they look great. I mean, the only blemish is the is the Miami game that it was in searing heat and they and, and they again moved the and ball they left and right. I mean, they couldn't. Yeah, be I mean, you saw yardage wise, they out yardage them. You know, almost four to one. Right. And then a couple of just, you know, mistakes at the end of each half is ultimately what ended up costing them. But if you just look at the raw numbers, you're like, how did they not win this by three touchdowns? Yep. Yep. So kind of, I, I mean, I, I look at this game. I don't know about you, you guys, but I look at this game and I, it's like, to me, it's got as much, as great as, and I'm, I love, you know, those Chiefs are, are awesome and they're so well coached. Andy, yeah, these are uh, Spags on defense, the whole thing. A couple of your guys going against each other. McDermott, I know. Andy, I always, Spags. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love those. That, that's listen. That's Andy's tree, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. Sean was a part of Andy's tree, and Andy's tree is amazing. He became the new Walsh. Yeah, because he broke off of the Walsh tree, right? Right. And he became that. That no, he's a he's a hell of a coach, man. He really is. But I, you know, it's so interesting when I look at this whole matchup. Uh, I keep going back. I mean, it feels like the Bills are the are easily the most complete team in the league. Yeah, and for you talk about from an explosion standpoint, and you went you went over the last you know few sequences of that game, and it was just explosive play after explosive play, big touchdown after big touchdown. The Bills can still do that. I have my reservations as to whether or not Kansas City can do that against this Bills defense. And the Kansas City defense has had its moments, but 
you know, there's they've they've had the ball moved against them pretty damn well too. Now I know it's yep. early in the season still, and then maybe they'll improve, you know, a month and a half from now. But they're they're not dominant by any means. So I think of the way I'm looking at this matchup is Buffalo lights up the scoreboard, and the Chiefs sort of keep up, but end up petering out towards the end. So I'm probably thinking of like a like a 31 to you know 2021 20, kind of thing kind of situation. I. I, I I worry about some of the injuries the the Bills have sustained on their defense, and that's the only thing that's really making me pause. When it's like I want to go Buffalo on this, but I've I mean, and and they had they had a really good game against the Steelers, but it's well the biggest the biggest losses on defense are are coming back. So Poyer's yeah. back healthy, Tremaine mm-hmm. Edwards is back healthy. Yeah, well, try to get them up to speed or something. I I, I still like this game to be a lot closer than I think. Uh, a lot of people are putting on. I, I still lean bills on this, but man, you could like I, I I've watched, you know, when it comes to explosive plays for the Kansas City receivers, we're already seeing like I don't know what Juju Smith Schuster is going to be, but we're starting to see like Michael Hardman starting to come around and everything, too. I think it's it's you don't have someone like a Tyreek Hill right now on this Chiefs offense, but I feel like they've got there that that's that's working to their favor and that they're going to spread the ball out a little bit more. It's just, you know. It's it's early in the season, kind of need that trust built up with some of these guys too. And by the way, one other thing to bring up, you know, the Bills knew what their biggest issue was last season, and that was getting to the quarterback. And much better at that now when you're bringing a guy like Von Miller. And the Raiders certainly uh, you know, had their mishaps on Monday night, but getting to the quarterback was not an issue. The offensive line for Kansas City is not great, to say the least. Right. So, we saw that, you know, against the Raiders. Right. Right. You know, where, where they constantly – we're in Mahomes' face. I, you know, I kind of look at the same thing. And, and let's go back to Mahomes' weapons offensively. And as great as Kelsey is, and he was, again, ridiculous, right? Four touchdown passes the other night. <laughs> it's one of the weirdest stat lines ever. Like four touchdown receiving and like 26 receiving yards or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's it like, crazy, it like right? Mike Vrabel vibes or something. I know. Just use him in the red zone. It was nuts. I mean, it was so nuts. But you know what was weird is when you look at that whole when you look at that game, and you know I mean he's ridiculous. You know that Buffalo is going to roll coverage Kelsey's way. You yep. know that they have the defense to do that, and now it puts all the pressure on the Chiefs outside guys. Who do you trust, right? Smith Schuster, eh, you know, Valdez Scantling, eh, Hardman. Eh, who do you like on the outside? No one really like in a in a vacuum scares you, you know. Right. I think the collective is like, and I think their thought was, and this is what Mahomes said, you know, in the off season when people were blowing up his timeline about fantasy numbers and all that. He was like, "We're just going to spread it around a lot. You can't key in on one guy." I mean, and that's good to say in theory, but when there's not one guy that everybody has to actually pay attention to, and now these guys have to go out and win one on one matchups and potentially be the guy on a week in week out basis. That could be really difficult. None of the receivers on the outside have really stood out in any measure in any measurable way so far this year. And no. now you're talking about playing, you know, the most important game of the year so far, you know, against the best team you're going to play this year. You know, this, it's going to be tough sledding. Who's going to be the guy to step up? I th- you would think, just based on name and reputation, that it will be Juju Smith-Schuster. But you know, I think we've seen increasingly a lot of the numbers you put up in Pittsburgh is when he was the second and sometimes even third option when he was kind of able to hide. Well, now that's not the case. People are keying in on him more, and he's not hes not as effective. 
Yeah, I, you know, all right. So, Chris, how, how do you see it? Because you see, you know, Figgy and I both are all over Buffalo in this game, and you're the one thinking, uh, you're not so sure. I just, I think combination of playing at home for the Chiefs and just, I, 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 I trust the Chiefs enough that I'm not going to see them completely down for the entire year. I still lean Buffalo in this game. I just think it's going to be a lot closer than than then I, I don't think the Bills are just going to completely roll over them, which is good. I want a really close game between these two teams. Yeah, I don't know if the Bills roll. They're not going to beat them 38-3 to or whatever, whatever they did to the Steelers. Uh, it'll be it will be somewhat competitive for sure. I don't think I – I, at least I haven't seen many pundits say that Buffalo is going to run Kansas City off the field. I had necessarily heard that. Yeah, I, I keep coming back to just the greatest strength for that offense is still. It's Patrick Mahomes. And as much as people can – you know, and it's it's bad that it's not a great offensive line and everything, but it's it's Patrick Mahomes. He can evade pressure. He can get it out to whoever he needs to. It's just to a point. Yeah, I mean, Super Bowl wasn't that long ago when uh, he got destroyed by uh, Tampa Bay up front. I don't think it's going to be that bad this weekend. His offensive line isn't that beat up, but even the greatest quarterback in the world can look human when he has no time to throw. Yeah, and it, he is having to worry about Von Miller on that other side. Yeah, I, I I like I like Buffalo. I think Buffalo I think I like Buffalo by double digits. Not thirty eight three, but I think I like Buffalo I said you know, ten. I, I say like yeah. a thirty one twenty one or a thirty eight twenty eight kind of situation. You, I think you're right. I, I think you know, you know how it is. I, I think Buffalo jumps out to like an early lead, maybe a wide lead and then Kansas City playing catch up. I, I, I can just see that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. All right, let's take a quick T.O. We'll come back, and that's not the only NFL game to watch. There's another one. It's a battle in the NFC East with the only unbeaten team still alive. We'll go back to Lincoln Financial Field for a Sunday night matchup against Cooper Rush. Where the fellas right here, Fox Sports Radio. is a Fox Sports Saturday. I got to say sports, not just football, because of the baseball, hockey started, and hoops next week. Can you you believe it, Fig? We got baskets next week, buddy. Well, that snuck up on us, didn't it? I feel usually it's, it's starting a little earlier than usual. I feel like the NBA season usually tips off around Halloween, and we're still a couple of weeks away from that. So, middle of the month, yeah. Yeah, so I, now I know they've negotiated more days off in the season for guys, so maybe that probably has something to do yeah. with it. So they're starting earlier so they can spread games out. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, the NBA is uh, sneaking up on us, and it opens up on Tuesday. Who knew? Tuesday, great matchup. Sixers-Celtics and Lakers-Warriors. Yeah, that's fun. That's going to be yeah. a fun time. And, of course, Anthony Davis has already set out two preseason games with back issues. So, Dude, we're off mean, to a good start. Does it ever, does it <laughs> ever end with him? It's freaking amazing, man. My God. Of course, for quote-unquote precautionary reasons. Yes. I mean, come on. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. But we got a game also. Sunday night football is another great game. It's the NFC East, and it's the Eagles and Cowboys. Eagles unbeaten at five and zero. Cowboys four and one, unbeaten with Cooper Rush at quarterback. That's right. All signs point to Cooper Rush starting, which I, I got to tell you, I was wrong about the Rams Cowboys game last week. I love the Rams, and they just couldn't protect. I thought 
Look, I think they were beat up after San Francisco, but I, I and I loved, you know, we always talk about Parsons and, and Lawrence is good, and I think the Cowboys' defense is real. Yeah. I just didn't think that they would completely shut down the Rams. You know, having that, watched that offensive the offensive line is really bad. Having watched the Rams all season, I mean, I call, I said to you guys last week, I don't know how they get the Rams are favored in this game. You, was, did, you nailed it. I give you credit. Five and a half for six. I was just like, yeah. even if uh, Dallas does nothing on offense, which honestly they really didn't, but defensively, you know, scoring defensive touchdowns, Matthew Stafford picks and fumbles and fumble returns for touchdowns, and it's not even all Matt's fault. He just has no time to throw. The offensive line is just in a bad situation right now. They can't run the ball. Cam Akers is now away from the team for personal reasons and may not come back. I don't know what that's all about. They're just in a in a really really bad situation right now. So I I just didn't see how the Rams would have been able to to win in the trenches up front on their offensive side against the, the Cowboy defense. And sure enough, that's how it played out. So it kind of played out the way that I thought it might. It, the the Rams are in deep deep trouble. Yeah, I I I hear you. And you know, I mean, I guess that Super Bowl hangover thing is is real. And they've just gotten yeah. Buried that's, with it. That's part of it, and the part of it is just they just couldn't stay healthy. They can't stay healthy on the offensive line. And, and, when, they, and when they are healthy on the offensive line, yeah. they're not necessarily great either. They're okay. So now you have backups to backups at, at left tackle, right guard, and I believe left guard are not only backups, but backups to the backups, like practice squad guys getting called up. That's just that's a lot to overcome when you have a quarterback that's very immobile and prone to turning the ball over anyway. I, I, I got to tell you, I look at it. You know, and I go, ah, I don't know. I, I, I go, I'm like shocked that it, it, it fell that quickly. You called it, man. You see it right away. So let, let's go flip side. How good are the Cowboys? Because the Eagles offensive line is really, really it's good. As good as it gets. Yeah. And they're not they're going to have a lot of tough time. You know, and plus, you know, Jalen Hurts can move unlike Matthew Stafford. Right. Right. So this will be like the toughest challenge uh, that the Cowboys have seen. I want to see with the Cowboy offense if they can do anything of note or substance against Philadelphia because unlike the Rams, you know, they're going to have to actually do something and make some plays. What it matters, you know, keep the ball, use the new battering ram they have in Ezekiel Elliott who's essentially a power guy at this point in his career and try to grind some clock and keep that Philadelphia offense off the field. That's that's the way, that's the recipe for success for them. I I, I got to tell you if I'm the Eagles and I think the way they match up, I take away the Cowboys run. I, I crowd the box and I say, go ahead, Cooper Rush. Yep. Beat me. And I don't think he can. I, I think the, I think this is an Eagles double digit win. I can certainly see it. Um, I guess it all depends on how well the Eagles can run the ball. If they have to, if they, I can see the Micah Parsons and that, uh, and Demarcus Lawrence who's playing well, getting after him a little bit in the passing game. Yeah. All right. We're the fellas. Big hour coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio. The Padres are one victory away from the NLCS after securing a 2-1 victory over the Dodgers Friday night. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. San Diego, they take a 2-1 to series lead in the best of five. Six strikeouts for Blake Snell in just over five innings of work. Josh Hader picking up his second save of the series. Padres can close it out tonight as they send Joe Musgrove to the hill against Tyler Anderson for Los Angeles. The defending champion Braves on the brink of elimination as well. They were curb stomped by the Phillies 9-1. to Philadelphia a 2-1 lead in that series. Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper with home runs in what was Philly's first home playoff game since 2011. They can also advance to the NLCS with a victory tonight. In the American League, the Guardians got a tie-breaking RBI single from Oscar Gonzalez and would defeat the Yankees 4-2 to in extra innings. That series is now tied at a game apiece. In college football, SMU defeated Navy 40-34, to while UTSA hammered Florida International 30-10. to I'm Kevin Figures. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy, happy, happy Fox Sports Saturday, and it is a great sports Saturday. Beautiful day, incredible. It's mid-October, and uh, this is what we live for, right? And and all kidding aside, and we are the fellas. I'm Anthony Gargano, and we got our boys Figgy and Psycho Chris. Big E, my boy, is producing, and this is what we love, right? We live for this sort of thing. We live for sports we we do i i can't tell you how i get giddy during these kinds of weekends because we spent all summer that's a long hot summer and you look forward to some really interesting stuff and and well we live for the games and this is it we got incredible college football we got baseball players playoffs we got the nfl tomorrow and of course the confluence of the hockey and basketball, the NBA starting. So it's incredible. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. We'll help you get there. And unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We love this stuff. And I'm a big believer. This is the time you make memories, right? This is your buddies, your families, your kids, your friends, everybody together, right? This is how we do it. This is how we do sports. And, like, you look in college football, and there's going to be a 100,000-plus strong in the Neyland Stadium today, right? In Tennessee, in Knoxville, it's going to be wild. It's going to be an orange out in Ann Arbor. Over 100,000 in the big house noon with Michigan and Penn State. I mean, it's got incredible theater tonight in Utah against, you know, Utah and USC. And, of course, Oklahoma State and TCU. Battle of unbeatens in the Big 12. It's a great college football day, Fig. I, You know, it's funny. If you're going to rank the games, I mean – the theater of all the all the- there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The sports and all the football, I, you know, I, I, there's a list that's as long as my arm and games I want to see. Yeah, this has like NCAA tournament vibes where everybody wishes they had like three TVs in the room, yeah. you know, so you don't have to worry about constantly, you know, uh, changing from channel to channel or from app to app, depending on how you consume, because there's so much going on between the Major League Baseball action and all of the college football games. I even think that uh, Syracuse-NC State is like an underrated good matchup. It is a and great a, ACC matchup. And Syracuse coming in unbeaten to see if they can keep it rolling against NC State, which is... Probably not lived up to all the expectations coming into this year that they have, but they're still a good team. So that's an underrated matchup that we haven't discussed at all, too. You know, so there's there's a lot happening to say the least. But I'm here right, for let me it. Give you, let, let, let me guys, let me give you guys. We're gonna go rapid fire. We get the big brain coming up as well to kind of go over some picks and uh, from a betting standpoint. But let's us kind of tackle this stuff and give you little thumbnail sketches who we like this today in uh, a lot of the top twenty five games. We start off with Michigan and Penn State. Figgy, the line is seven. And, you know, it's funny. I I, I, I liked Penn State all morning, but I can, I guess, see a, a, a an avenue where if Michigan gets ahead, it, they, could, they could cover that number. I agree. I could see uh, Michigan getting out ahead, getting out in front, you know, running the ball with Blake Horham, who's been one of the better players, regardless of position, in all of college football. So, yeah, I can see Michigan, you know, winning this by 10. And it's funny because all along I was like, it's a field goal game, it's a field goal game. But what scared me is if, and I think, you know, you you brought this up, Chris, that Michigan, you know, if they get the lead, can Clifford, with, you know, go in the big house with 110,000 people, is he good enough to bring him back? Yeah, and I just, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure that, you know, is ready for that kind of crowd and, Again, that's kind of the benefit that where Michigan's had the same situation, but they've been playing J.J. McCarthy all along, and I feel like you know you're getting him ready, you're coaching him up for this kind of big spot, and thankfully this is in the big house. This isn't in Happy Valley. I would be well off Michigan if this was in Happy Valley, but I think take him out of there. You know, you got a young quarterback playing with a home crowd. I just I I like I like what Michigan's doing here. And I would be surprised if they lose, but I think. I think they're, they're, this is this is a test I think they'll be able to pass. Yeah, doesn't this kind of feel like a game where, you know, people are saying like, oh, Penn State, Michigan hasn't seen a quality opponent. And then Michigan is like, yeah, we were just playing around earlier this year. Now we're really going to turn it on. And like they run, I don't think they run them off the field, but it honestly wouldn't surprise me if they did. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear you, man. I, there's a part of me that goes, yeah, It's like a statement game for the flexing, Right, I was flexing Penn State, and all of a sudden – as we've gotten into the last hour of the show, I'm starting to move more towards, you know, you and Chris here. Uh, let's keep it going. Kansas 
which has been the darling. They finally lose, and they played tough, too. Yeah, with a backup quarterback in there. Right? Rallied oh, them four man. touchdowns in the second half. Now they go to Norman when the, the great disappointment that is Oklahoma. But Gabriel is back yeah. for the Sooners. Sooners a nine-point favorite over Kansas. I am all over Kansas on this. Have you seen that Oklahoma defense? They're terrible. You kidding me? Yeah, that terrible. would be a real new low if Oklahoma's losing to Kansas. I know it's they've already been run off the field. They got the I know, worst loss like, in history against Texas. They got run off the field by TCU. How many new lows? They've hit two new lows losing, the last two losing weeks. Losing to Kansas and still thinking that this is the Kansas of old. Like that's the thing. Like Kansas for a lot of us is the darling of old. For any Big 12 team that's losing to Kansas, you're thinking to yourself, we just lost to a team that hasn't seen wins like this since uh, forever. Like, Kansas was nothing before this this run with, with, with Lance Leopold. Like, nothing. Absolutely bug yeah, nothing. Yeah, but to Figgy's point, I mean, you know, that Oklahoma defense is, is it's atrocious. They might be the worst team in in the Big Twelve. I mean, as of right yeah. now, in the and standings, they are. Brad Venable's supposed to be a defensive coach, if I'm not mistaken. He is. He is. Now, granted, I think there's something that he said for getting his own guys in there and all that. Now, I'll give him a little bit of that, but I mean, you can't have guys running free in the secondary. Every you give up 600 yards to TCU, and then you come back after that and give up over 500 yards to Texas and a quarterback that hadn't played in a month in Quinn Ewers, who was talented. Sure, but yeah, I mean, my he, God, right? I'm with you, man. Are you Nine nothing me? or whatever. I mean, please, come on. I I am shocked that Kansas isn't favored. Put him have him be favored by three. That's the problem. People are thinking like, oh, it's Kansas. This isn't like this is a different year. This is a different Oklahoma team, and this is definitely a different Kansas team. There's no way Oklahoma. I don't know what people are thinking by making Oklahoma a favorite in this game. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Now, I'll ask you, because you he, he do have Gabriel coming back for the game. Sure. Not that they were lighting it on fire with him against good teams, but sure. You know, I mean, I do think Gabriel. He makes you know, a difference. Again, sure. Right. And, and you know, it's not like uh, it's not like Kansas has that great defense that can stop him. I, I, I think this game is, is a complete, like, you know, track me to points. Sure. I mean, what right? Kansas was what? 38-31 last week against TCU. Yeah. I can see it yeah. being there again. That's that's yeah. fine. But the idea that the that Oklahoma will be is it 7 or 7 and a half? I mean, 9. The, the, 9 so we're talking pushing a double digit favorite? No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. There's no way in hell. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, buddy. I I feel the same way. Uh let's keep it going down this uh, FYI the number 1 Georgia Bulldogs are a 37-and-a-half-point favorite over Vandy. Lay it. (laughs) Uh, But, again, we talked a lot about Alabama-Tennessee all day. Alabama, that line keeps going up, Fig. When we started this morning, it was 7-and-a-half, and and now it's up to 9. Wow. So it went from 7-and-a-half. During the course of our show, it went to 8-and-a-half. Now it's gone up another half point to 9. Yep. That's incredible. And I know, and maybe this is, you know, they say it points to the fact that Bryce Young is probably playing. Yeah. I do remember a similar situation a few weeks ago. This happened with the Chargers with Justin Herbert, and the line was moving in their direction, and everybody thought, like, well, that means he's going to start. And then he didn't. <laughs> you know, he came out against Jacksonville, and he, and he stunk it up. So I, I, I guess it all depends on how Bryce Young looks and how he performs. That's the big thing. If it's Jalen Milrow in there, it's it's tough sledding. There's there's no way possible. There I don't say no way possible. It's still Alabama, 
but without Br- uh, Bryce Young in there, the offense looks completely different, and Jalen Milrow just looks overmatched you know, when it comes from a passing standpoint, and you're going to have to be able to throw the ball to be able to keep up with Tennessee. Yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. I I don't know. And even I if mean, Young is in there, he's not going to be 100%. I know, dude. I just so think I the same thing. Nine, man. ten points? Really? It's a lot. I'm fat. I'm okay with them being favored, but not not that much. I wouldn't favor them by a touchdown or more. I'd say that. I know, dude. That's a fat number, man. I look at that number and go, what? That's pretty wild. And then, of course, uh, like you mentioned, the ACC game, which is great. Syracuse, NC State, Syracuse is a three-point favorite. Yeah, and they're kind of like another under-the-radar kind of cool story like Kansas, you know, the the basketball school. But, you know, they're they're playing down there. You know, they, they have a quarterback who's been around for, for a trillion years too and looking to make some noise uh, in the ACC. So, it's uh, at least for me, it's always exciting to see when there's a downtrodden school that has, you know, a decent run, you know, and puts themselves in the limelight for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I I feel you. And then uh, you got TCU, and this is going to be a great game. Uh, TCU is a four-point favorite at home against Oklahoma State. I think I like T. I think I like Oklahoma State in this game. I think I like Oklahoma State better defensively. So it's like yeah. both teams can score a lot of points. I guess is which defense do I trust more? And right. the OK State defense has been pretty damn good the last, I'd say, three years now, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. based on that, I would lean with Oklahoma State. But even with that said, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Sonny Dykes can score some points. So, and always has, no matter where he's been. What do you think, Fit? What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I kind of lean TCU in this game. I got no real strong thoughts. Oh, I thought you loved the Cowboys. What happened? Oh, no, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry. Uh, sorry, this is 5 a.m. fog. My apologies. No, I'm, I'm all over the – I've completely forgot who TCU was playing there. I'm all over the Cowboys. No question. Okay. All right. Yeah, all sorry, right. sorry. Got to – my brain just went to three different places all over. <laughs> Mike Gundy come after you now. No. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about him and his mullet right now. <laughs> Uh, still have that t- thing? I think he retired the mullet last year. Did he retire year, the mullet? two years oh. ago. Yeah. Yeah. I have to rethink my Fortunately to for, for many of us, yes. Yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Is Clemson in trouble tonight? Clemson 6-0 and uh, at Florida State. Mm, They're I, a four-and-a-half point favorite. I, the a short line. I yeah. don't. It's a Florida State line. I don't think so, just because Clemson seems to have gotten their offense back on track, but... If there's any team that wants to play with heart here, like North Carolina State had their chance to play with heart and fire, and yep. they got kind of run off, and now it comes to Florida State, the other ACC rival that they, I guess I guess the two are rivals. They were kind of good at the same time, but I guess if there's anyone that's going to stop Clemson right now, it's this is the last chance. It's Florida State. It's North Turner. It's all this uh, – um, 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 sorry, not North Turner. Mike uh, – Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell. Thank you. Um, it's, it's that chance, but I mean, Florida State was a great story week one against LSU, but I haven't really seen too much of them since then to write really home about. So, well, I'm, I mean, they, they hung in there with Wake Forest and, and last week against NC State, too. Um, I don't see it to, because to your point, Clemson's offense has woken up. DJ, DJ Uyunglele has kind of found himself a little bit, and, and they're humming. And Florida State is, is like, you know, a, a gritty team, they play tough, and you know, I, I like their young talent, but I don't know if they'll be able to keep up with Clemson in this one. So you said the line was four and a half? Yeah. I think I'd take Clemson to cover that, to be honest. Yeah, same. Okay. All right, all right, all right. All right, let's do this. Let's take a quick T.O.
We'll come back and then uh, we'll take a look at, uh, I mean, you name it, a plethora of games. Hey, real quick, if you got one game to watch, Tennessee, Alabama, Penn State, Michigan, Oklahoma State, TCU, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Cowboys, or any of the baseball. What are you watching, Fig? Or any of the baseball? Oh, wow. Yeah. So one game out of all of those. I'll tell you what, I'll give you two. Two. All right, I'm going to take Tennessee, Alabama for sure because still with college football, the regular season, as long as we have this four-game playoff, regular season games mean something. And in the grand scheme, I don't know if Chiefs-Bills does. Uh, and then baseball, I got to go with Dodgers-Padres. I mean, come on. Well, you're it's my lifeblood. Yeah, it is your lifeblood. I <laughs> so. feel you. All right, Chris, you get you get two games two? out of all that. Yep. Okay. Can uh, Chiefs Bills easily, and then I guess I'm. What were the op? Where were all the options again? You Every me- option's on the table. Major League Baseball playoffs. Mm. Any other college game? You got all the NFL big games. Game. I gave you the big games. Yeah, you know? I think I think I'm taking. I think I'm taking Alabama. Tennessee is the other one. Eagles Cowboys is really close though. But I think I think I'll take. Yeah, Chiefs Chiefs Bills is the number one seed, and then probably uh, the third third Saturday in October for the yeah. my number two game. All right, I, I like it. Of course, Ethan and I, e, e our producer, we have the same answer. Yeah. It is of course Phillies Braves and, and Eagles, Eagles Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> by the way, since yeah, we got I didn't in, even want you to ask me. I was just going to say that you knew the answer. By the way, Ethan's yes. Ethan's been on me to remind you about this that um, about our pizza bet. I just he wants me to rub it in at some point that. Uh, oh, you had Green Bay. No, I, mean, I had, had I had the Giants. You had Green Bay. You insisted to me that the Giants had That's no right. chance in hell. Yeah, and Chris, and I, and Chris and I both said, "I don't know." Listen, we what? give we uh, listen. We give credit where credits due. Uh, I right, yes, you know? we do. And listen, yeah, I, know. I just had to bring it up. We are now <laughs> even on the pizza bet. Yeah, I'll still so find some way to get you some Detroit pizza as a treat. You don't sometime, owe me buddies. any. Uh, what, 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 what's buddies. your pizza? Buddies. Buddies. You don't know it. So it's even. Well, I gotta somehow figure out a way to get some buddies myself. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to keep fighting over this pizza at some point. I'm sure. We have yeah. we have some de- de- like decent pizza that we put in the fridge here. Oh yeah, the mulberries that everyone orders around the LA studios. Yeah, it's just it's 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 okay. It's it, you it's know a Brooklyn slice. It's it's, it's no Angelos, you know. Oh my man. My man he knows, knows all about Angelos <laughs> well, on you know, 9th Street. I, 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 well, everybody, all my buddies were sending me photos of them eating Angelos and watching the fills, and I'm like, oh, that's nice of you. Why don't you send me a, a pie or something instead of just sending me photos on Snapchat? Dude, if you like the Angelo, ever seen the Angelo pizza, the Angelo cheesesteaks with the Cooper Sharp cheese? You got. I mean, you got to get Chris and Angela's pie. I got to send Chris and Figgy. I got. I got to get yeah, them you guys. Gotta get Figgy pie. You know what, you know what else they do? Let's go. I was gonna you know say. They... I was gonna say pies for Christmas is a great, gr- good tradition we could all hang yeah, out. We... I remember Jonas, Jonas Knox, one of our other hosts. I think Figgy, you got this too. You got. We got Some the Lou Malnati's uh, from Chicago. The Lou Malnati's. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, we, we talked yeah. about how much I told Jonas when I went to Chicago yeah. a couple of years ago how much I loved it, and he uh, shipped me a box. That was my favorite Christmas gift that year. So I got to get you. I got to get you guys. I'll get you guys cheesesteak sandwiches too. Yes. And then they, 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 at this place, Angelo's, they make a, they call it the Sunday morning. And it's, so traditionally when you make meatballs, right, you fry them up and then you put them in the tomato sauce, which we oh, call yeah, gravy. Oh, yeah, Sunday right? gravy, yep. Right. 
So, but these are with no red sauce. They're just fried meatballs with uh, cheese and long hots, long hot peppers, oh, you're speaking my and language. olive oil. Nice. There, and some broccoli rob, if you like the rob. This thing is unbelievable. They that call sounds, it Sunday morning. That well, sounds perfect. I used to. On a ca- seated roll. It's outrageous. Mm. There was this one Franciscan monk who did the Catholic dinners at my first college I went to on Wednesdays. And he'd take the meatballs and do like a, just get them in the crock pot with some sort of, I, I don't know what it was. I thought it was like a grape something, but way he got them just all all great that sounds perfect to use those two together after get a yeah. recipe listen yeah, don't tremendous. worry we'll we'll get you an la special too we'll get you something we'll figure something out get you something good from out here too for the, that for sounds the, like a too. plan boys that's right we need a party i gotta get out there one before uh the end of the year i just actually, gotta... actually know what the one place i will stake my life on for pizza here in la i think i know the one place is over in west adams but uh i think that could be a good place all right all right, I trust you guys implicitly. We're the fellas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Brad Feinberg, our betting analyst, which is a perfect time right here. What a what an incredible weekend in sports, Brad Lake. How are you? Good morning, my friend. Good morning, my brother. This is a great time, is it not? The best time. The best time. Don't don't undersell it. The best time. This is a great day. Uh, so much stuff, Anthony, I don't have to tell you, between the college football, uh, a couple of great baseball games, and, of course, the NFL tomorrow. You know, I, I, let, me ask you guys a, let me ask you a question off of uh, the, just the college football, because the line with Alabama-Tennessee is shot up. It's now nine. Yeah, well, what, what's your read on well, that? Well, no, the reason for that, Anthony, was there was some uncertainty. He would make songs on whether on whether Bryce Young would play or not. Uh, Coach Saban made it clear that he was going to at least attempt or try to play. Uh, so that is the reason for you know, in my opinion, that line move just for dealing for that uncertainty. Uh, the line went from seven and a half. Uh, it did go up a little bit because of that. Uh, but again, that is because um, Young was still somewhat deemed questionable and Saban kind of took away that uncertainty last night saying that, that they expect him to at least give it a run. Uh, like last week, again, there was uncertainty and then he, he didn't play. And and the backup obviously had three turnovers and was, you saw Alabama's offense being nowhere near as smooth. But again, in this particular game, Anthony, I always say it all the time to you, we, we, everyone tends to treat these players like they're John Madden characters and not human beings. And we don't know how healthy Bryce Young is. Right. He can be just trying to cut it out. And he's really, really, he's, he's just not right. Uh, and this, you know, but when you see the guy play, we tend to assume he's just 100% healthy. Not always the case. So let, let me ask you, where does that leave you with, who do you like? I mean, I, you know, I like yeah. Tennessee. I think it's too many points. Yeah. Yeah, I, I lean here, Anthony Tennessee, and I lean under the 66 because, to me, again, if with Young potentially being compromised, um, the only way I can look is the Tennessee side. Cause, and, again, this is a game you could live bet. Again, if I if, if Young looks not right and he's, he's struggling and he's off, yeah, I absolutely will bet live, live bet Tennessee, and I, I think that Tennessee could easily win the game, let alone getting, getting those kind of points. 
Um, but I'm also going to lean under because, listen, I will say this, Tennessee's offense this year, Anthony, is number two in yards per play. Um, they've been terrific all season, and this is a team that's just, look, we talked about, uh, Tennessee, me and you've talked about it all year, and Tennessee, I'm sorry, the number one in yards per play and the number two in points per game, but Alabama, they're facing a defense they've never faced before. Again, I'm going to leave here to the under, although Saban, just as an FYI, is won 15 straight games against Tennessee, uh, yeah. 11-4 against the spread, and they've beaten them by 26 points per game. So, yeah. But I'm going to lean here to Tennessee, and I'm going to lean here to the under. All right. Uh, let me ask you about Penn State, Michigan. You are a Michigan grad. You know Michigan really, really well inside and out. This is a great game, battle of the unbeatens in the Big Ten. Yeah, it is, Anthony. Look, um, look Michigan is, thir- is third in points differential this year. And they're third in yards per play margin. So they've had a but. But here's the thing. Michigan, to me, their schedule has been cake. Absolute cake. Um, and, I look, when we saw them step up in class uh, a few weeks ago uh, against uh, Indiana, that was a close game. I watched that entire game. That They only won by a touchdown, and it was, it was tight. And then they, you know, and even the Indiana game last week, it was tied 10-10 against halftime. Um, to me... Um, now, Penn State had that quote-unquote big winning in Auburn, which doesn't look quite as good now. But, again, my numbers made this only six, the line seven. So I'm going to, you know, I, and I did take earlier in the week Penn State getting seven and a half. But even at the current line of seven, I do think Penn State merits a wager. Um, I think Penn State's going to keep this game closer than the, than the spread indicates. Uh, Michigan, I think, is the most likely winner. But I think this game is going to be a one-score game. Yeah, I, I think you sussed that one out pretty good. How about uh, Oklahoma State TCU, which is a big game in the Big 12? I mean, these three conferences with unbeatens. I mean, it's got all kinds of playoff ramifications and Heisman ramifications. How do you see this one? Well, look, last week, you know, TCU was uh, was one of my players. I got a, I want to say a lucky win, but, um, you know, TCU was able to pull out that game um, last week against Kansas, which was – a really, really uh, tough, good game. Um, Kansas' backup quarterback outplayed Daniels, in my opinion. It's interesting, Oklahoma State's actually been outgained uh, in each of the last two weeks. Uh, but then again, again, TCU last week, their defense looked absolutely very, very pedestrian. Um, I look over in this game, Anthony, more than anything else. I think yeah. both these offenses yeah. are going to put points on the board. Um, I, in plus we're in our, what's the favorite conference run over? Probably the Big 12. Uh, over is how I bet this game, Anthony. I think this game is going to be, uh, I think both teams can get in the mid 30s. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. I, I think you're, uh, I think you're dead right about that one. Uh, all right. The, the, any other college that we need to, to tackle before we get to NFL and baseball? Uh, no, I mean, look, I, I, you I like think Utah there's tonight? We, Utah, I think, is going to win tonight. I think U.S. Now, you know, Utah has hurt me. I'll be honest, Anthony. I've lost two pretty big-sized bets on Utah against both Florida and then last week against UCLA. Uh, their defense, to me, just has not been able to be that great. But I will say this, USC, I think their offense has really kind of hit the skids. Um, and I, I do like USC to win this. I'm sorry, Utah to win this game. But, again, the, the line's still destroying no, no much of a discount. You still have to lay legitimate points here. Um, I lean here in Utah, but I like some of these other games we talked about a little better, to be honest. All right. All right. Let's keep it going. And uh, let me hit you with 
as we kind of careen forward. I do like also, Anthony, I do think Clemson's a little white against Florida State. My numbers made that line six. The line was three and a half. I think he likes it, um, too. I was I just, surprised again, that game's so short. Yeah, that, that that line was actually, but it's something that, you know, Anthony, you, you talk about going, it's a, when you say this is a, a Florida State line, sometimes I, I, I shake my head and I'm like, am I missing something here? Um, you know, the line really seems short to me. Um, yeah. And I, I'm wondering maybe if I'm if I'm missing something, but um, I um, I think Clemson will win that game. All right, uh, do me a favor, sit tight. Let's get some trending, and then I want to ask you about baseball. All right, well, uh, we'll start with some Major League Baseball, as a matter of fact, here in training. Starting with the Padres getting five and a third innings of one-run ball from Blake Snell Friday night. Their bullpen continuing to dominate the Dodger lineup. Padres defeating Los Angeles 2-1 to to take a 2-1 series lead with a chance to close it out tonight. A win would place the Padres in the NLCS for the first time since 1998. Like the Dodgers, the Braves also on the brink of elimination. Rookie phenom Spencer Strider baptized to the tune of five earned runs in just over two innings of work. Phillies with a convincing 9-1 victory over the defending champs. They lead their series two games to one with a chance to wrap things up tonight as well. Guardians defeated the Yankees 4-2 and extras, tying their series at a game apiece. News out of the NFL, Andy Dalton will start a quarterback for the Saints for the third straight week. Saints will also be without receivers Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas against the Bengals on Sunday. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott listed as questionable, but all signs currently pointing to Cooper Rush getting the start on Sunday night in Philadelphia. Some college football from Friday night, SMU holding off Navy 40-35, UTSA a 30-10 victory over Florida International. Back to the fellas. All right. Thank you, Fig. All right, my man. You are great in baseball. We got some great – we got four games today. Incredible theater going on. Uh, Phillies can close out. The Padres can close out. While Cleveland and the Yankees are tied. And, of course, Houston with Alvarez leading the way can close out. So let's start off with the Phillies Braves. How do you see this one? Anthony, don't hate me. Don't hate me. Uh, I know. I, mean, I, 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 know. I, bet, I bet Atlanta today. Um, yeah. Look, this was it, the one game. Yeah, guard? Yeah, well, Anthony, this is, this is a game. Look, now listen, I strongly, strongly, strongly disagree with Thompson's decision to so go with Syndergaard. I, I think, I mean, I, look, you, you live in Philly, Anthony. You know Philadelphia baseball as well as anyone. I think he stinks. I think he, he has nothing left. Um, maybe we'll have one good game. It's certainly possible. That's the nature of baseball. Yeah. But I will say this. Bailey Falter had pitched very well down yeah. the stretch, except for, ironically, against Atlanta his last game of the year, he got lit up. But the month before that, he had he pieced together like eight or nine good starts in a row. Um, I just don't like Syndergaard. I mean, I guess he's a veteran. He's not, I just don't think he has anything left. Now, on the bright side, though, uh, from a Philadelphia point of view, Morton is really... His strikeout numbers have been there consistently, but he's been getting hit too. So this, to me, is just a play where I think I have the better lineup in Atlanta. I think I have the better starting pitcher. Um, I laid a dollar twenty. I thought the line should have been closer to a dollar thirty-five. Again, Syndergaard, thirty-one strikeouts in fifty-five innings. I mean, in today's age, the age of baseball, Anthony, that's almost impossible. Um, maybe he has one more just veteran game, and they can lift him after four innings. And, and get out of Dodge and just make it a bullpen game and be in a coin flip game, certainly possible. But I expect Atlanta to score multiple runs off Syndergaard. Will the Phillies score off Morton? Maybe. But um, I do like Atlanta here laying a dollar twenty. Yeah, I can, listen, I kind of feel the same way. I would worry about uh, – I, and I think he should have went falter. 
I think uh, Robbie Thompson's worried about the right-handed Atlanta bats, but I agree with your assessment of Syndergaard. I think he's terrible. I'm with yeah, him. he's terrible. Yeah, yeah. All right. I uh, any, any. What about Pods Dodgers, yeah. man? Musgrove. Well, again, like Anthony, Musgrove? here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is it again? These games, Anthony. Again, these series. Do you know it takes me best from a mathematical point of view? Interesting for all your listeners. A best of twenty-seven in baseball. A best of twenty-seven for the better team to mathematically prove themselves to be the better team in baseball. Okay, so when you're playing a best of five. Dude, you could, the Kansas City Royals could be beating the Braves right now, two to one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's where people sometimes tend to just they just because they see one series, they think that that's just the way it would always be. Heck, no, that's not the way it would always be. Um, look, the Dodgers. Look, their season's on the line in a best of five series. That's just the way that it goes. No one's going to feel bad for them, and it's going to be tough. You know, Anderson's been great for them all year, but Musgrove pitched his best game of the year last week. Um, that game can go either way. I mean, again, I lean Dodgers. I do lean Dodgers because, again, they the better of it across the board, but Musgrove is certainly a good pitcher. I did bet a couple props to Anthony I'll share with your listeners. Uh, Tristan McKenzie is 26-2, yeah. and two, over 15-and-a-half outs, 26-2. and two. He's been Guardians or team I followed extremely closely. They're my biggest future is the Guardians to, to win the World Series, so I this is a team I followed very tightly. Um, 26-2 or 15 and a half outs, he's been great. I expect him to go, especially in a game where they compromised for bullpen yesterday, using Clause A and Karinchak deep. Um, I expect him to get 16 outs. And Luis Severino, this one's maybe a little nerve-wracking, but over 14 and a half outs, he's 15-2 and two, his last 17. He did throw 94 pitches his last game off the injury, Anthony. It's his, this will now be his fourth start. Again, he's a great pitcher, Severino. I think they'll give him five innings. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you big time on that on that play. Um, all right, like real quick because we got only got a couple minutes. Yep. And I got to get to the NFL and the game of the week is Bills Chiefs. I know we talked about this, and we both love Buffalo. Yeah, look, Anthony. To me, I think Kansas City is somewhat of a look. Let me. Ask you, it's interesting if this if Kansas City was two and three, Anthony. Which they usually could be. They got absolutely outplayed badly by the Chargers, badly, and got a miracle win. And they got outplayed by the Raiders, in my opinion, and they got a win. If they lose those two games, they're two and three. This line's closer to a touchdown right now. Yeah. But because of, because it's not, and I know people are like, oh, first time Mahomes uh, is not a home underdog. How can you not take Kansas City? Well, the reason you mean I don't like Kansas City is I think Buffalo's a lot better. Um, yeah. At least in my yeah. power ratings, they are. And this is a game you know I'm sure Buffalo's been waiting for. All year long. I mean, this is the ultimate uh, revenge spot. Uh, There's 13 seconds. This is their chance to get it back. I just think they're the better team. I think they're the better team. As long as this game's under a field goal, which it is, uh, I like Buffalo there. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right on, brother. I, I, I love the... I love the Bills in this game. I think it's all, I think they're just the best team. The most complete they're the team. Best team. Uh, what, the other game I love, and I know we talked about this, but Man, I love the Eagles Sunday night. Yeah, the Eagles, I would not characterize as a love for me, but it is a, I, do, I am on that side, Anthony. Look, we have a team in Dallas that I'm not going to call them fake. That's not fair. But they have continued to win because they've gotten off the big leads because of their defense. Now, Anthony, I, I'm not sure if you've heard, out of the four starters who were out last week for the Eagles offensive line, have you heard officially how many are expected to play between Mylotta, Kelsey, Say Amalu, like all, have you, all of them. And Dickerson, okay. 
Well, they're all going to play, which is yeah. probably why the line has gone up. And, Ma- and Mayalata and Mayalata is who is the one that they worried he's about of all of them. Uh, yeah, well, he's, he's a stud. Yep. Yeah, I mean, to me, the only way I'm looking here is Philadelphia. I'm sure it's going to be a raucous knockout crowd. I respect Dallas's defense a lot, but again, Cooper Rush in a game where Cooper Rush needs to be good, this will be one of those games. I really don't think he's shown much because he hasn't had to. Um, to me, as long as the game's less than a touchdown, which right now it is, only way I'm looking is Philadelphia. I agree with you, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else that, that really kind of stands out to you? Anybody? Yes. I, Anthony, it's funny. We talked about revenge spots, and I talked about Buffalo, but the ultimate revenge game of all time, uh, if you take that narrative, is three, uh, two points, Indianapolis laying against Jacksonville. I like Indy here. I do. Eat. Now, Jonathan Taylor, I think, may play, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, um, I like, I know they did not look good offensively against Denver. It doesn't need to be explained to me, but at least Pierce as a receiver to me kind of emerges maybe a second target for Matt Ryan. Jacksonville, again, maybe now they're a little bit overrated. They got off to a 2 and 1 start. Philadelphia, they got off a 14 0 lead, then got outscored like 30 to nothing, basically. They could not beat the Texans at home. Um, I think Indy's getting a little better, believe it or not. I took some positives out of that Denver game that maybe others didn't see. Um, I will be surprised if Indy does not win that game. The line's less than the field goal. Um, I think they get the revenge over an improved Jacksonville team, but I think Indy is, uh, is, should be laying at least a field goal there. I like it. I like it. Listen, Big Brain, great stuff. As always, enjoy this incredible sports weekend. Love you, buddy. Good luck to everyone Love out you, there. Buddy. Thanks, Anthony. Here he is, the Big Brain on Brad. Checking it out. All right. We got lots to get to. We got, and we only got a little time left. Let's celebrate an amazing weekend. Fellas hanging with you guys right here, Fox Sports Radio. Fellas on a Fox Sports Saturday. And don't forget, coming your way, it's going to be a monster. That's right. It is the Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, presented by BetMGM every Saturday and Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. Tune in right at the top of the hour, and then again uh, at 10 a.m. tomorrow as we take you live all the way to kickoff on Fox Sports Radio on the iHeartRadio app, all presented by BetMGM. All right. Figgy. This is going to be a crazy weekend, man. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I'm and i trying to figure out what's the biggest upset. Like, it, it, is, there, is it a, a Tennessee shock the world? I know, you know, being a Dodger man, is it a Padre win, the, win that series? Is it a Cleveland taking out the Yanks? All of that, that would probably happen on Monday, uh, although they can win the next two in Cleveland. What's the biggest upset do we see? Ooh, I probably have to go with the the Padres beating the Dodgers, to be honest with you, especially the way that it's happening. You know, the fact that their bullpen is just destroying the top of the Dodger lineup and making them look silly. There's no production whatsoever from the three stars at the top of that lineup. You know, for it to happen this way is uh is very amazing is amazing to me. You know, I thought the Dodger bullpen and it has performed extremely well. The Dodger pitching hasn't been bad. It's just the Padre pitching has been that much better against the potent lineup. That's very surprising to me. So I will be most surprised if the Padre were to find a way to wrap this thing up this weekend. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I hear you. It feels, it does feel that way. It feels like, and it's weird. The Padres almost have that feel of that they're gonna that they could actually win the thing. Yeah, they feel confident and they're riding their wave of emotion. Right. It just it has that whole. It's got that Padre vibe out. Chris, you sense that too. Yeah, it just kind of feels like the way this is going. It might just be a little too late, uh, too little, too late for the for the Dodgers. Just it's they're not playing with the kind of fire I kind of expect right now. I know it's all business as usual for them, but uh, man, the Padres are just you know momentum's definitely a thing here in the playoffs. And it can switch very quickly. It it not, if the Dodgers find a way to have their bats wake up against Musgrove and they yeah. do like a nine to one Phillies Atlanta sort of thing tomorrow uh, tonight then all bets are off going back to Dodger Stadium on Sunday. Then all the pressure is on San Diego to see if they can actually do it. Yeah. It's not a place they've been before on that. No, it is not. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, everybody in Tennessee is going, we're the upset. Welcome back, Peyton Manning. Welcome back, Tennessee Volunteers. Man, that's going to be an incredible game today. That's the odd part is that it will be an upset of Tennessee one when all the numbers and all the metrics for this year will point to the fact that Tennessee should be favored in the, in that game. I know, dude. Oh my god, I know. I, and I kind of have this weird vibe. I think that game is a is a gigantic sweat from Bama. Mm-hmm. I got that vibe, man. That Tennessee. I feel it with Tennessee. So do I. Yeah. Look at that. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Listen, everybody, it's awesome. We can enjoy it, all right? Make some memories. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.